Get the red get on the police. Get your hands Get your hands on the 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 Facts with Adam Curry for November 21st, 2020. This is episode number 54. And I am Adam Curry in Austin, Texas, looking for that silky smooth voice, the dulcet tones of the man no mo, 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 mo facts. Hello, Mo. How you doing, Adam? <laughs> Thought I lost you there already. <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to hear your voice. Good to hear yours as well. We've been, I've been down a rabbit hole, but I'm. Well, finally resurfaced. <laughs> the, the rabbit hole known as the United States election was probably uh, where you. I mean, I I got a pretty good feeling what hole you were down. Uh, but man, <laughs> the that, only hole. Yes, the only hole at this moment. And I'll just say, so apologies for taking a little bit longer than usual to uh, put out another episode. Uh, but there was a lot going on and not a lot to find initially. So we were just, uh, Mo was even texting me about looking for some numbers and certain groups who may or may not have voted in certain numbers. And I knew it was going to take a while. And quite honestly, I think we got enough entertainment in the meantime just from the M5M, from the media, you know, doing crazy stuff. So I, it kind of flew by for me. How about you? It was, it was the same for me. You saw a bunch of shenanigans. And little information. So if we don't have the clips or the facts, <laughs> we right. can't present them in the show. So it was this uh, buffering of information where I still haven't found the numbers that you're referring to is the uh, numbers I've been watching all along is the black voter turnout mm-hmm. nationally. Now, we've seen some numbers state a couple of state numbers, but. So I guess I got a full bag. I got a super full bag. So <laughs> the bag, I guess we can get right the into the wheel. Oh yeah, everybody. Okay, he's got his bag all full, ready to go. What's the topic for today? We spin the wheel. Who it knows? Nobody knows except for Mo because he's got it right there in the bag. The topic for episode number fifty-four, Mo Facts with Adam Curry, is it's an election like no other. Well, yeah, <laughs> like sure. no other, like no other, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, we're going to talk about the election, but we're not going to talk about hammers and machines. And <laughs> hey, 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 what's wrong with hammer and scorecard and the Kraken? N- nothing's wrong with that. But as you know, we like to talk about different things or the same thing in a different from a different uh, perspective. Yes. And in, in fact, I am very excited about today's episode because this is something that this is an analysis. I believe you well, you certainly haven't gotten from the mainstream and I don't think many alternative uh, or let's just call it free speaking podcasts have uh, or any kind of alternative media will, will have analyzed very well. So that's how I got fixated on one situation. And, you know, the over encompassing uh, is the election rigged or is it not rigged and right. who voted? So. I took a step back, as I like to do, and look and say, what's going on here? So, I guess we can jump right in the uh, first clip. And this is, just to, just to set it up, this is Obama, and it's a super uh, cut. And how important this election is compared to all the others since 2008. This is uh, certainly the most important election in my lifetime. I, I truly believe this is the most important election uh, of our lifetimes. <laughs> this is probably the most important election of our lifetimes. You get to vote in what I believe will 
be the most important election of our lifetimes. I, I know politicians always say that, but this time it's really true. <laughs> One week until the most important election of our lifetimes. Let me guess, was this Obama 2008, 2012, 2016, 2018, 2020, every single election? Yes, yes. Every single one. And and I noticed the tale of his. He'll say, I know politicians like to say. Right. He did this exact same thing with the the water in Flint. Right. He drank it the the first time. Mm -hmm. And then the second time, he's like. Uh, th- this is not a prop, or this, you know, I know a politicians like to do props like this. I mean, uh, and he, so yeah. he's self aware that he's coming across disingenuously, but he, he continues to do it. And he just says it out loud and no one questions it. That's what's so, um, it's kind of a CIA tactic, actually, if you look at their handbook. <laughs> but let's just leave that for what it is. A limited hangout. Yes, exactly. Exactly. In in a way, it's like, I'm going to give you a little truth. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it is a political tactic, but not me. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not not using it that way. So so now now that we put that out there, this is not me. Exactly. Right. So we said that sets up the election and then election night comes and it goes and the whole M5M calls it. Mm hmm. Which we've allowed the media to do uh, for the past, uh, well, in my entire lifetime. Uh, and it's based upon their numbers and their modeling and the polls. And they've got all these complicated uh, complicated things to figure it out so they can call it even though the votes aren't in. Uh, but it started kind of weird. This, In fact, I think I texted you and said, yo, Mo, how can Biden win in Virginia <laughs> where you live with 0% of the votes in? <laughs> Yeah, and then the number showed, and then when it got to about fifty percent, Trump was in the lead, mm-hmm. and they had already still called it for Virginia. So, yeah, I I knew going in that we probably wouldn't have a winner, a clear winner that night. Mm-hmm. But I stayed up and I watched the whole thing play. I mean, I was up to you know four o'clock in the morning. I saw all the shenanigans mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. unfold. Yeah, uh, I actually took the next day off because I I, mean, I I normally do that for election because I like to stay up. And watch, you know, I mean, it's kind of a big deal for me because I look at uh, the election like the Super Bowl. And oh, yeah, definitely. At, even after the game's over, you stay up and you watch all the talking heads give their perspectives. And, it's, and, and you get a lot of real uh, emotions. Yeah, when people are tired truth. in the middle of the night. Absolutely. That's a great time to be watching. Right. So let's just get into this. Uh, the media calls it. The Fox News decision desk can now project that former Vice President Joe Biden will win Pennsylvania and Nevada, putting him over the 270 electoral votes he needs to become the 46th president of the United States. After four long, tense days, we've reached a historic moment in this election. We have an announcement to make. We can now project the winner of the presidential race. Joe Biden is president-elect. CNN projects Joseph R. Biden Jr. is elected the 46th president of the United States, winning the White House 
and denying President Trump a second term. The president-elect of the United States, Joe Biden, has run for president three times. And the third time has turned out to be the charm, not only the charm, but possibly the most consequential election of our lifetimes. NBC News lifetimes. that Joe oh, yeah. Biden has won the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, and its 20 electoral votes. And through all these experiences, he became a man of uncommon empathy, a man of great resilience, a man of simple decency, character traits that he will now bring to the office of the President of the United States, elected at the age of 77, the oldest man ever elected president. Keep in mind the Trump campaign is in the midst of waging legal challenges in several states, but the path is clear for the new president-elect. The biggest important lesson from this election is that 2016 was not an outlier. This is essentially the 2016 election with the Gary Johnson vote going to Joe Biden. And here we are. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one from Chuck. <laughs> That's funny. And Hillary didn't actually lose. No, no of course not. What no. he's saying. Yeah, exactly. That's what that last statement was. So let's, let's break down. That's a, that was a lot of information. So let's start from the beginning. The first clip in this uh, supercut was from Fox. Who who started first with the Arizona call, if, uh, if I recall. Ex- yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. Fox is leading out, and Fox is in trouble. I'm going to say that now. I think they thought they could just say whatever they said, that the Trump MAGA people were going to just eat it up. Mm-hmm. But it is a rebellion. Oh, yeah. And it's going to Newsmax. Fox land. Everyone's moving to Newsmax. Yeah. And it's so bad. If, I mean, I get a lot of my inf- my, my uh, information from YouTube, mm-hmm. and for like three or four consecutive videos, they had to turn the comments off. <laughs> and they were <laughs> people because the comments were blowing up. And this was Fox News clips, is what what people were commenting on. Yes, mm-hmm. any clip that was negative or wishy washy <laughs> about uh, Forty Five Savage, the, the, the folks wasn't having it. Yeah. They would it would be twice as many uh, down votes as it was up votes, and they would have to turn the comments off. Wow! So it, Fox is definitely in trouble. You heard the meme in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. oh, yeah. Joe's here to save us. He's the oldest president, and he got the most amount of votes ever, even more than Obama. Yeah. That just doesn't sit well with me, but it is what it is. Um, for now. And then all the, yeah, for now. I, what I mean by it is, it, it is what it is currently. Yes. <laughs> we have to see how it plays out. But it was rather um, incredible. In, yes, rather um, unbelievable the amount of votes that were cast in general and then and then the amount that Joe Biden got. That was, uh, that was quite remarkable. Outlier. <laughs> yes, a remarkable outlier. An outlier. Be careful what we're saying. Um, An outlier. Yeah. So, simple. Uh, a couple of things they did when they were just, oh man, they were all over Joe. Simple decency, uh, uncommon empathy. It's like, what? He's, he's a uniter. <laughs> he's a uniter. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the final takeaway is shut up, slave. The path is clear. It, it, that was the whole thing. We've called it. Yeah. And it is what it is. That's, I find that yeah. very troubling. <laughs> well, and, and again, Mo, this is the American people who, A, don't even uh, have an understanding of civics for this is uh, 
Yeah, look, we've just paper. It's I don't, not to go any too deep, but we've papered over the whole process. The pro, we're not mm-hmm. actually voting for the president. You're voting for the electoral votes for the electoral college and the vote that then will can or cannot be cast by the electoral college. This was all put into place actually as a safeguard in case something crazy mm-hmm. went down. So the electoral college can still change the outcome of this. Um, but that's that's not a great TV show. We need our elections to end around eleven thirty. You know, it's kind of like New Year's Eve at midnight. You know, we have to really be, be getting ready to celebrate, and then the coverage can go on until around one, one thirty. It's been TV elections ever since I've been on this earth, and the fact is that's all been done before the actual outcome of the election is known, which is not really until December fourteenth. And to be honest with you, the M5M were caught flat-footed because they didn't know how to fill that void up between right <laughs> uh, Wednesday to the fourth day, whenever I think it was Saturday when they called it. Uh, they didn't know what to say. It's yep. like, well, we're still counting. Yeah. We're still counting. And I'm like, you like you said, you normally call this by 11 p.m. Yep. We've seen where it has gone like in 2016. It went over to 2 a.m., but eventually, it was like, we have enough information to make a decision. So this dragging out the process, it didn't sit well with me. And I have I have to be honest with people. Wait a minute. I, hold, on, hold on a second. Yes. If you're going to be honest, yes. does that mean we got to go into... Hold on, let me get the door. Thank you. Okay, it's just us now. All right. It's just us. All right, All right Adam. So... I struggle with the results of this election, not not the outcome of who won or who didn't win, but this never ending counting. The only thing I can equate it to is the feeling I had during 9-11. Oh, so that something was off. Let me explain that. Mm hmm. My eyes saw what my eyes saw. <laughs> right. But then the story is telling me something different. Yeah. And that is very unhealthy. <laughs> it's going to be honest with you. Yeah, it can mess with you. And and I think smart people have this problem. It's like, ah, oh, what is going on? Okay, I got you. Hold on. Let's open. Let's let it's everybody. hot in here. Can you? Can yeah, you? yeah. Let everybody else in. Ah, All right. okay, Ooh. better. Yes. All right, thank you. Um. So yeah, it, it, <laughs> for a few days, a great I, skit. That was genius. <laughs> <laughs> for a few days uh i struggled with this thing and i really couldn't i didn't know what to think and i'm used to it you know i'm kind of a a day walker you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a sense where i can take in the mainstream media and not be affected by it but it did have an effect on me of course and not only me yeah donald lemon <laughs> and we, we're gonna call don lemon from now on donald lemon He's going to be tagged with the name Donald. Oh, boy. Here. That's, that's, oh, my goodness. What an insult for him. Donald J. Lemon. Here we go. So immediately, my thoughts went back to these protests that happened this summer. And when I saw and heard what was happening today, all I could think of was, think of was how could we not have expected that if Joe Biden became the president-elect of the United States, that the streets would not erupt. After what had happened 
in this country just and I'm just talking about the last eight months. I'm not talking about all the stuff that we dealt with before the fake news and people yelling at us on the street and people calling me nigger and fag and all kinds of things and your fake news and all of that. Never before that I've been in this business since 1991. Have I ever had to deal with the crap that I've had to deal with over the last four years? It is disgusting. And so just over the last months, last couple months, we have had all of that. And over the past few nights, we have been saying, we're going to give you some information. We don't know who's going to win. We're going to, America was, and they're yelling at us. Please, please call this. We are sick of it. We cannot take much more. Please. And so when the call finally came, and I saw my colleagues, and I love all of them, and everybody around, they're all talking about, uh, what about this, and who's this, and they were, you know, Democrats didn't do this, and they were going that's not what America wanted. America needed a release valve at that moment. And they wanted to get it off their chests. Huh. Project, project <laughs> much, Don Lemon. Wow. I, I didn't hear that. The people uh, needed us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, he had to put his cape on. Yeah. Super Don. The people needed us. They needed us to be a release valve and free them yeah. from this struggle. I, the self-importance yeah. <laughs> these people have that, oh, we just had to free the people. And then they had to clean up the COVID mess. That's what he was doing as well. <clears throat> Say, you had to expect people were going to go out in the streets. Right, right, right. Uh, no matter the, you know, what, what the outcome of COVID is. And that's another thing. It's like COVID goes away, then it comes back. And we're going to talk about COVID, but nothing's really changed do you, uh, since do you, the last time we talked about it. But. Did you get the impression that the uh, release, that valve that opened up, that it was really that many people? I mean, it seemed like, you know, some city, some city blocks were filled up here and there, but it didn't feel like it was a whole... It didn't feel like when Obama won, let me put it that way. Oh, no. It was, it was manufactured. It was actual turf. Yeah. Normally, you see these things and they'll bubble over into the smaller cities yeah. and these little satellite mm-hmm. rallies. You saw none of that, especially for the crowd that likes to go out into the streets. You would think, I mean, I'm just, uh, this is high level uh, an analysis of who goes out in the streets, but it's, it's Democrats normally. They're, they're quick to go to the streets and protest or celebrate. <laughs> Rip down some statues. <laughs> right. And you didn't see that. You, you didn't uh, you didn't see the smaller cities. Uh, no, that's that, these, that's my point. I just wanted to make uh, sure. I just wanted confirmation because I, I to me, it yeah. looked small, really. I remember uh, after Obama won, yeah, the, like the, the garbage collectors the next day were whistling and waving at everybody. And these guys are always sour and grouchy. And it, it was it was like a happy, happy day for America. And I think that was the effect of the four day uh, dragging out of it that people just kind of we're, we're goldfish. Let's just be honest. <laughs> four yeah. days to keep an interest. It, yeah. was, it was on to something else. Yeah. And. I got to ask you, just was that by design so you didn't get this big outpouring and it's like, oh, yeah, we won, kind of slotted under the rug, or was it a mistake No, the, what to I, wait four days? Okay, I have no evidence of this, but just my feeling mm-hmm. was that in general, people knew what you knew, what you felt, that 9-11 feeling, like, okay, mm, <laughs> I think... 
I believe, believe that's my lying eyes. Yeah, I believe <laughs> I believe most people felt that, regardless of of their uh, of their belief or their party or their candidate. I think everyone was like, "Well, okay," you know, kind of like I oh, just won't look. It's good. <laughs> maybe maybe that million dollars will still be in the bank account tomorrow when I look again. Right. And it's still not over, and I think that's where people. I mean, it was a very uh, ceremonial. <clears throat> calling but in a lot of people's minds uh it's not over on both sides one side being they think they won but they're not sure of it yeah exactly <laughs> and they don't want to brag too quickly and mm-hmm. then the other side holding out hope that some kind of path can be created or some kind of evidence can be found that could change what the media is calling but still hasn't been calling officially and, but, and, and another data point there is you don't really see current senators or uh, elected officials, you don't really see them clamoring around the Biden-Harris camp to be in the cabinet. There's names being mentioned, but no one's really out there on TV getting a profile so that they, you know, it, you just see this every single election. Then you see the people who want to be Secretary of State or Secretary of Defense, and they're on the talk shows, they're on the Sunday shows. You don't see much of that, if 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 at all. The only people who've come out are unhappy Democrats uh, such as uh, Sandy uh, Sandy Ocasio Cortez and Bernie Sanders. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because the Democrats look kind of desperate when they went around calling world leaders and say, "Oh, we talked to world leaders." Yeah. It's like, yeah, you called them. <laughs> so the, the the lack of confidence is another uh, data point for me. Yeah. If you want, you want, and I would be talking big stuff right now <laughs> if I knew I had uh, a solid win, but I don't feel that uh, that energy coming from uh, Democrats. Yeah, we're, we're in agreement let's get back that. to Let's get back to Donald Lemon, and he continues to be emotional. It was like a third world country, people who have been oppressed. Finally, the relief came that no longer did we have to live under this oppression. No longer did we have to live under people who pretending that up is not up and down is not down, that one plus one doesn't equal two. And so I can't help but be emotional at this moment. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to say, so forgive me. I may not say all the right things tonight. I am very emotional, and guess what? I am speaking for everyone, but I got to tell you, when I watched that black woman come out on stage tonight, and I saw all of those people from all ages and all different backgrounds, and the whole entire theme was everyone is welcome under this tent. Don keeping it real on on the racial tip. Yeah, it's over though. But he's saying racism's over. Yeah, the oppression is over. Systemic <laughs> racism is all over. <laughs> Which it only lasted exactly four years. Not- it only lasted four years, Mo. It was just a short period of racism in America, and it's just it's all over now. It's good. Well, it was more like six years because it ended in 2008 yeah, and then true. it came back right. in yes, 2014. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm the sorry. last two yeah. years of the Obama, and then it continued. Yeah, so we've been in a uh, six year uh, racism. That's right, racism. Pit, yep, it's over. We're post racial now, uh, according to Don. <laughs> and uh, welcome to our world, he, Don. Uh, we, we've been this way for a long time, right? And then he had to bow down to the uh, to the black woman, the ah. political black woman. Uh, 
But I find it funny, and I always have to go back to this throwback clip. Hold on a second. Hold on. <laughs> hear- hold on a second. I got to write that down. Politically black. That's a great term. <laughs> you. What are you? I'm politically black. Okay, thanks. That's a yeah, good one. Yeah, I'm that, writing that one down. I like that a lot. So, this is a throwback clip. This is for show 18, She Wrote a Hero. This That was about Kamala mm-hmm. Harris and when she went away, <laughs> yeah. only to come back. And this is Don Lemon making the argument that she's not black, black. What do you make of her answer, April? Good for her. Um, you know, let's. there's a lot to unpack here. Number one, what does black enough mean? Can someone give me a definition of what black enough is? I don't want to go down the road of the stereotype when people say we're black. Number one, she is a black woman. She's a mixed race woman. When you see her, you see her blackness. But she is also South Asian. Her mom is South Asian and her dad is Jamaican. But April, she is April, a black April, woman let me, let me, let me l- listen. Yes. More power to her. And I think what? it's great. That is That should be enough. Listen, it is enough that she's a black woman. We are not a monolith. No, 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 I think you, I think you're not, you're not hearing what people are saying. The people who are saying is she black enough, that's bull, that's BS. But to, to, to want a distinction to say, is she African American or is she black or is she whatever that what's, there is nothing wrong with that. There is a difference between being African American and being black. People, people, Latino people are people of color, but they're not black. They're brown people. She is a woman of color, but she is a black woman. Okay, that's why I agree with that. I agree with that, but is she African-American? No, 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 no. But is she African-American? There is a difference. There's nothing wrong with that. No one is trying to take anything away from her. I think you're falling falling into into a trap of that. All she had to do was say, I am black, but I'm not African-American. I'm a black man, you idiot. Wow. <laughs> so that was that was Don Lemon talking to uh, April Ryan, a high member of the Coven. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> he had a big mouth then. He he had a big one. He was very disrespectful. Yeah. And you hear the change. So, you know, he got that call and like, hey, fix it, Don. Yeah, Don. <laughs> you better Don, fix it. Get back on the reservation here, Don. <laughs> Donald. Right. That's why Donald had a total different uh, tone uh, when he spoke about Kamala after that point. He definitely he admitted to it that he got that call from Oprah. Yes, <clears throat> that he in a, um in a, one of our previous shows. He so did no, he didn't one, admit it. He bragged about it. Well, I was talking to Oprah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and I, said, I I don't want to give it away. That's what he said. I don't yeah, want to give it away, away. But then he gives it away. <laughs> Don. Mm-hmm. Oh, Donald. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next up, we have Simone Sanders, who's a senior advisor uh, to Joe Biden, and she's talking with Jake Tapper. And I want to notice how easily, and I'm glad you pointed out politically black, how easily you can slide in and out of being politically black. Yes. And and first of all, congratulations on this victory. Hard fought, long fought. I have to ask you about this moment from Vice President-elect Kamala Harris last night. Take a listen. While I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. Tens of millions of women and women of color voted for this ticket. If you could just take off your Politico hat for one second, I just want to ask you, as a black woman, what does this moment mean for you? Well, thanks for having me this morning, Jake. Uh, Last night was historic, 
and it was just truly remarkable. You know, as Vice President-elect Harris said in her uh, speech last night, you know, the audacity, the boldness of President-elect Joe Biden to choose her as his running mate to help break a glass ceiling that has had many cracks uh, but has never yet been shattered. So it's truly amazing. I've had the opportunity to um, travel with both uh, pr uh, President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Senator Harris, and I am just in awe of both of them. And I can tell you that uh, the American people picked a good ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Picked a good ticket. Uh, good ticket. Yep. <laughs> So you see how easily she slid off her political hat and no put on problem. her black, yeah. politically black woman hat. <laughs> that, was, that was great alley there. Is she, uh, is she ADOS, actually? Just out of curiosity. I believe so. Yeah, from and Nebraska. I want to say this about yeah. Simone. And really, I think Simone's personality is so big. She really could go by one name. So she, she could really just, just Simone, be Simone. Simone with a Y, yes. Well, now she also right. ran Bernie Sanders' campaign uh, in... Uh, 2016? Yes. Yeah, I think it was 2016. And, yeah. Well, let's get into that clip because you walked me right into it. Let's, and then we'll talk about both on the back end of it. Howard Dean, you know, Howard Dean was there for that 50 state strategy, but here's the issue. Howard Dean is also on record maligning young people and millennials, telling those Bernie folks they just need to get in line and maligning Bernie Sanders. And that is not what we need. In my opinion, we don't need white people leading the Democratic Party right now. The Democratic Party is diverse and it should be reflected as so in our leadership and throughout the, the staff at the, at the highest levels, from the vice chairs to the secretaries, all the way down to the people working in the offices at the DNC. I think we need to have a robust discussion about this and i think we need to hear more from all the candidates jamie harrison in south carolina he's great too he has done real party building but everybody doesn't necessarily know jamie and they want to know what it is that he stands for so yeah. i want to hear more from everybody i'm here for the millennials and the brown folks <laughs> oh now she's brown now she's brown all right well, she's so politically that brown that's politically brown yeah so she that was when she was back in 2016 campaigning for uh bernie sanders mm. And she was a hired political black. <laughs> so her main focus was brown, people of color, that kind of thing. But when she was promoted up to senior advisor, now it's everybody. You know, it's, it's, big, it's big tent can, now. Big tent. Right. I have a political hat now. I don't have the politically black hat anymore. So she switched hats. And that's why Jake Tapper asked her to take it off. Switch. <laughs> take it off yeah. for a sec, will you? Yeah. Don't give me the politically the the uh, the people of color coalition answer. I needed a black woman answer from yep. you, Simone. Yeah. And as I said, I like Simone. She reminds me of that that, that sister, like overachieving. She has a vivacious uh, personality, mm. and she seemed like the sister used to come in, get her fade, tighten up, you know, in the barbershop, <laughs> <laughs> and, and talk to you about politics. But as you see, they. When they get sucked into this political machine, it's to move up. You have to uh, dilute your message. Yes, and, and that, you're and that's, gonna... that's politics. That's every group. That's every, possibly every quote unquote democracy. But that's why we had to keep these people in check because you can't shift gears and talk for this group and then not for this group. And it, you would think she's there on the uh, black agenda if there, you know, if there was an official one. And you think she'd be talking to Joe Biden about that. But no, she's been hired to win the election for Joe Biden. Right. <laughs> so she's going to her first interest is Joe Biden, not the people. 
but she says oh, i'm here for the brown people and the millennials no you're not and i actually uh, i actually learned that there's the person who was really running the biden campaign was not her she, i think she's less of a campaign manager than we might think she is correct that is correct but you have to have good optics well exactly uh, when you <clears throat> when you're trying to cater to uh, the black woman, the pl- the black woman political vote uh, block that they have, voting block that they have. So they had to have good uh, window dressings. Yeah. <clears throat> now this this next clip is an example of uh, Simone talking to Jake Tapper from the uh, one of the previous clip, and this is how it goes from the brown people to everybody. I have to say, President Trump, to his credit, he got his voters to the polls there too. He won more voters in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan than he did four years ago. He won millions more voters nationally. Obviously, you won more. But I guess my question is, how did you rebuild the blue wall? Did you did you get your voters in the urban centers to turn out? Was it winning over and switching suburban voters? Did you narrow the margins in rural areas? How strategically, how was it done? I think it was all of the above, Jake. Uh, if you'll if you'll look at the numbers, and I know there will be many pieces written about this over the next couple of days, the Biden coalition was, yes, suburban voters. It was black voters. It was Latino voters. It was uh, Native American voters in places like uh, Arizona, for example. We couldn't have won without the Latino vote, but we also couldn't have won without indigenous people. Let's be very clear. Uh, it was working class folks from across the spectrum. <laughs> okay <laughs> Woo, working class it was everybody yeah so I, I would like to uh enter exhibit a and some georgia turnout and this is from the new york times article i think i, I did post it on twitter and i think you'll add it to the um to show, the show notes. notes yeah sure yes and this is uh the black share of the electoral uh electric falls in georgia so they had 30 percent uh, increase in registration but the actual votes didn't match that's why she couldn't answer the question because she doesn't know how they won if right. you coming out of the election looking at, at the exit polls you should be able to tell who put you over and he asked her a specific question he's like which group was it was it the and she's like oh it's all the above <laughs> yeah. now they've been telling us how important the black vote was for two years and this is exactly now it's just yeah, all of the above this is exactly what was missing i have not really heard any detailed analysis of the fabled black vote i've heard some offhanded comments saying well you know because of the black vote joe biden won but there's i've seen zero evidence of this and this new york times article that i'm referring to kind of tells a uh opposite of what you just stated and you hear oh well the black voter turnout was up but voter turnout in general was up looking just looking at the sheer numbers both candidates received record amount of votes so naturally you will see a larger turnout but then they have this pesky little data point of twice as many black women voted for trump this time around than they right. did last time and right. i think it was up from like 15 percent black men to 20 uh, so that doesn't it's a lot of like i said <clears throat> that's why this episode was so hard because there's no really hard data well, exactly. uh, or it's just trick it's trickling out it's just <laughs> yeah did you did now did you find any evidence that there was a withholding of the black vote that's why you can't you can't tell that without the total turnout number that yeah. we got from uh varney i think it was named Var- uh, varney Stu, Stu varney 
Yeah. Yeah. That came out days after the uh, 2016 election. And I looked for that same poll to see if those people did that poll again. Couldn't find it no. anywhere, which when there's no data, <laughs> that, That's that, a problem. that gets my antennas to going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you hear her go from, um, well, of black course, vote, of course, vote, black, black vote and people. working people <laughs> and, right. and people with a job and a pulse. Yes, that's who voted. And he wants to know, how the heck did you do it? And I want to know the same thing, but I couldn't get an answer. So we'll leave that there and we'll revisit it once we get some hard numbers, maybe on another episode, because that's the that was the key number I was watching for for the like, last uh, year and some change. And it, it we didn't get it. So um, next it was time to call them the wet works. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. and that's not the normal wet works I'm talking about. This is the, the crying. We need some criers out there. So this first crier is uh, on CBS news Ant wants, right. And just to give a little bio about him, he's uh, off the Clyborne coaching tree. And that's a sports term for you, Adam. Just in case you... <laughs> hold, on, hold on. What was his name again? Ant Juan C. Wright. Okay. That's what uh R, right? Yeah, I got it. I mean, WR. Okay, so he's off the Jim Kleinborn coaching tree. And that's a sports reference, Adam. So let me explain to you what I mean. Thank you. For, uh, thank, thank you for being so patronizing. I appreciate it. Yes, no, 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 no. Cause, explain that. No, I'm just kidding. We all I'm know I'm a dope. I'm not to Yeah, <laughs> we I'm all not know sports explaining you. <laughs> yeah, really. No. Sports shaming me. Right. So when you say uh, coaching tree, that means one head coach has some guys under him, your uh, coordinators, and they go off to be head coaches and then they hire guys and they go off to be head coaches. So it goes back to the the main person that got it all. The tree started. Okay. So it's kind of like a family tree. Mm-hmm. But that's what he is. He's on the Jim Kleinborn tree uh, because he re- was a recipient of the Congress. Uh, Congressman Jim Clyborne and Congressman John Spratt's Public Service Award. He's from South Carolina, and he brought the wet works. Lana, it's, it's so emotional Reflective. for me because it's it's emotional for me because nobody knows what it took to get to this point. Nobody knows what it feels like as a black man um, to be able to speak in this moment. And the country owes black people so much to get us here because if it wasn't for black voters in Wisconsin, Georgia, and Michigan, and Pennsylvania, we would not be here. We would not be here. And what is he exactly? He's a political pundit and no operative. Excuse me, operative. He's operative. Gotcha. He runs corporate and political campaigns and initiatives well, well, he, this is sickening he had <laughs> he had numbers i mean he clearly knew that the uh, black people had done this for joe i mean that that was his conviction he got all emotional over it right and then he says oh black people this country owes black people hello that's what we've been saying for the last year <laughs> yeah and and, and I, I didn't clip it because it was i could just uh relate a message uh jim Clyburn was in a, a post-election interview and the uh, reporter asked him, so what is, you You brought Joe through, what is your OU? And Clyburn like, you don't owe me nothing. I'm right. like, bro, what, yeah. what do you mean? He's like, I owe him, Jim. What? Yes. I, I'll, I'll get, I, I, 
It's all right. I it believe you. I like, believe you. It, does, it, it makes no, total sense that the guy's a phony. So obviously he's a phony. And then he sends out his operative to cry. It's like they couldn't have done it without us. That's what we're saying. It's called leverage. Yeah. Uh, you make your demands. Now, after the fact, this is the wait till after the election. This is the manifestation of wait until after the election. We've been good to you, Democratic Party. Now, please, please give us something. And, and I, you see it from every group now. They're all coming out. They're all saying it, and they're and they're not in on the on the on the master plan. Clearly, it's not going to be any goodies for anybody. It's not going to happen. It's a dark winter coming, people. And she set him up. She was like, uh, the reporter was speaking before he started speaking. She was like, it was so somber and reflective. <laughs> he went right into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she was leading the witness. Like, yeah, leading the witness. Is, yeah. You know what time is for, uh, mm-hmm. Aunt? Let's get those waterworks uh, That's right. going. Uh, so if we're talking about criers, uh, Van Jones said, Aunt, hold my wine cooler. <laughs> and let me show you how this is done. <laughs> Aunt, what are your thoughts? <laughs> it's, um... Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier. It's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. Being a good person matters. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send dreamers back for no reason. This is vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. Now, we, of course, played this on the No Agenda show, and a lot of people uh-huh. like, he's acting. I said, no, this man is not acting. That is extreme, an extremely emotional man who is emotional about anything about except racism, apparently. I have a, I have an answer to that. So hold, hold your horses on okay, that. Okay, all right. Let's, <laughs> let's just get into this clip. Who is missing? Yeah, black from people. His list? Black people. Muslims, immigrants, <laughs> a more specific group of immigrants, the Dreamers. Yeah, and he's all choked up. Mm-hmm. And you know, and you know, the producer had to be in his ear, like, "Hey, Van, Van, waterworks, <laughs> waterworks." No, you're forgetting the black people. Oh no, you're, you're forgetting. <laughs> I don't. I don't even think the producer was thinking of that. They were probably all mesmerized, looking at him, going. Oh man! You want to you want to bet? Play the next clip. You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know that wasn't just George Floyd. That was a lot of people have felt <laughs> they couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know. And you're going to the store and and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you. And you're worried about your kids and you're worried about your sister. And can she just go to Walmart and, and get back into the, her car without somebody saying <laughs> something to her? And, 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 and you spent so much of your life That's energy good, just good, trying good, to hold it together. And this is a big deal going, for us just to be able to get some peace and, 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 and have a chance for, for, for a reset. 
and, and the character of the country yeah, matters. Reset. And, 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 and being a good man matters. I, you know, I just want my son to, to look at this. Look at this. You know, mm. it's easy to, to, to do it the, the cheap way and, 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 and get away with stuff. But it comes back around. It comes back around. And it's a good day for this country. I, I'm sorry for the people who lost. I, for them, it's not a good day. But for a whole lot of people, it's a good day. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible that it went like down like that. But I think during that first that first bit, everyone right. was just, oh, this is perfect. And then maybe it was like, that's great, man. Okay. Now, get back to the script. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is, as he listed off the Muslims, mm-hmm. the immigrants, the dreamers. Yeah. I, the two clips are, there's no time in between it. I know. So then he takes this next. long pause. <laughs> And I think that's when they got in his ear like, Don, Don, <laughs> you got to say the black people. Well, uh, if, if you watch CNN, uh, it's it's more scripted than you think. I I think that may have been on the teleprompter, but that was not his initial reaction. I And maybe they got it mixed up in the teleprompter. But, but, re- but regardless, Mo, that was he was really emotional. That was I don't think that was acting. I'm just not. I'm, no, I I'm believe I, I, I'm. We're on the same. We're in okay. agreement on right. that. And right. I have proof. I have proof. Oh, <laughs> oh, got I, receipts. I always come with proof. But I just want to wrap up here. So racism is over. <laughs> you heard it from Donald Lemon right. and, and Van Jones. He called it. Uh, he, they said that they just want to have some peace, even though we've heard for the last year, no justice, no peace. I haven't seen any justice anywhere. I didn't, I didn't get an email with my justice in it, but I, we got peace now. Um, yeah, it's over. So. Oh, okay. So so I'm in agreement with, agreement with you, Adam, that Van is a, an emotional guy. And I have proof of this, as I found in his recent interview with Buster Rhymes. Uh, so let's just go ahead and listen to that clip. How does all that, and I want to get into all, all that knowledge of self stuff and the way that it shows up in this album and, and the whole journey, but, yeah. um, you know, your father, how do you manage it now? Because my dad's the same way. My dad was tough. I'm not tough. Right. I'm resilient. Right. I mean, I, you can't stop me. I'm going to come back. Absolutely. I'm going to go cry first. Right. <laughs> I'm a right. mama's boy. I'm going to go cry first. Right. My ah. mom said cry as much as you need to. Right. Always as much as you have to. Right. But my, it was okay to cry around my mom. Right. My dad, he didn't want to see any of that. Right. One tear and you're going to have something to cry about. <laughs> <laughs> so, but same thing. Once he saw once I'm looking at him eye to eye and he can see that I'm not going to get run over by the world. He was able to relax, right? And he was able to have some pride. But right. he was—I mean, I can see now—he was just terrified, right? That I was just going to get run over by everybody and be a victim, right? Huh? Okay. So he's kind <laughs> of like John Boehner. Remember John Boehner? No, Fa- what? No, famous right? Republican. Uh, I think he was senator. Oh yeah, he would always yeah, he I would cry yeah. all the time. Okay, that's possible about that. Yeah. All right, Mama's boy makes sense. So we got, we got proof he's a crier, but he says. That his father didn't want him to be a victim. And I think that's a real sentiment, even with my son, even with the relationship to my dad and, and me. Like, what what you crying for? I'll get something to cry about because <laughs> you can't let people see you affected and emotional. Now, I'm not saying don't cry because go off by yourself, cry, let it out. But when you cry in front of people, I don't care what you say. It makes people look at you differently. Yeah, 
if you just let it go in public? It can be it can be a positive depending on the situation, but yeah, it's always going. Of course, any kind of emotion, anger, severe anger, yeah. severe sadness, same thing. Yeah, yeah. any of that yeah. will uh, will of course affect the way people look at you if they see it. It's a, it's a mood swing. It's a yeah. form of a mood swing. It's just into the mood of sadness or melancholy or whatever you want to call it. But well, what you really don't expect though is now van jones is specifically a pundit but donald uh donald j lemon i mean mm-hmm. he's he he says that he's a news guy it's on you know both of these are on these you know cnn cable news network and really none of this had anything to do with any objective news and i think that's that's where the most damage is done to the credibility of of these channels exactly and not only to the channels, to their their talking heads. It's like, come on, Don, you're you're getting emotional. Van's crying. <laughs> this other guy, and he's like, oh man, he was he gave. Now I gotta give Aunt his props. He gave Van a run for his money. Uh, but Van's a pro. Van's like, let me show you how to cry, brother. <laughs> let me just show you for a second. Hold on. Yeah, you're right. Hold my wine cooler. You're so right. Hold That's my exactly, wine. Cooler. Exactly what it was. Exactly what it was. And just this is why we do this is because you come here, you get honesty. Uh, you don't feel like you're being propagandized like a lot of people feel over either on either side over the last um, four days between the, the the end of the election or the end of the uh, when they called it or the four years when um, we just been all oh, this worst ever. Everything's going wrong. We're just living. So that's what we do here, and we want to thank some people. I yes. guess we'll take a break at this time. Yes, and to accentuate exactly what MoFax with Adam Curry is about, we go back to the legendary Malcolm X who said this. First, the white man and the black man have to be able to sit down at the same table. The white man has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of that Negro. And the so-called Negro has to feel free to speak his mind without hurting the feelings of the white man. Then they can bring the issues that are under the rug out on top of the table and take an intelligent approach to get the problem solved. That's the only way that they'll ever do it. And that is one half of the equation. The other half is we take no advertising, no corporate money, no commercials, none of that, so that we can speak completely freely as podcasting is one of the last platforms of free speech. And we are happy to do it for you. But of course, we need support. We ask you to participate in the value for value model, which works like this. What do you get out of the show? (laughs) What kind of value would you place on it? And that can be, and that has to be your own value system. Uh, For some of you, $1 is a heck of a lot. For others, it means something completely different. Whatever it is, time, talent, and treasure, we asked for it, and we got uh, a nice list of executive producers and associate executive producers for today. We'll kick it off with, uh, now, how would I put it, Morgoni Miri? Yeah, I think that's it. Or Morgan Mary. One, one of the two. I don't Morgan, know if the E is silent or not. Right. Okay. Well, uh, Eminem <laughs> sends us $360.63 and says, value for value, chlorine, dioxide, drink it, and woosah. <laughs> this podcast is so <laughs> necessary and on point. Do we have a, I don't, we don't have a chlorine, cl- uh, chlorine dioxide clip, do we? Am I? Uh, no, this is just some context to that. Yeah, uh, she I'm, had contacted me on. on on Instagram, she was telling me how she was pointing out a, a meme about the drink the bleach. Oh, and sure, she was saying everybody sure. that said drink the bleach was kind of in the bag. So she was pointing that out. So that's that's what the reference to the chlorine 
uh, dioxide is. And we'll gladly hand out the Rusa. Cool numbers coming in when it comes to the numerology for our executive producers. Mitchell Rogers, $193.90. Didn't see a note from him, but thank you very much, Mitchell. Joe Bassessi, there's a name I recognize with $150. Adam and Mo, I'm proud to say I'm a listener since episode number one. And what an enlightening journey it's been. Thank you for the work out uh, put out into each episode. So nice to hear free-thinking humans discuss real issues over the media, trying to broadcast opinion on the daily. <laughs> yeah. Even though I like podcasts, that one is right up there. Thank you, gentlemen. Keep up the great work. Natasha Findlay, $126.16. These are crazy numbers, Mo. What is, what is going on with these these digits? I, I would like to know or get an explanation. That would be that uh, is, fruitful in the letter itself. That's interesting. Uh, Melissa, thank you very much. She says, hey, Mo and Adam, donating again as thanks for creating this catalog of podcasts, which it truly is. And if you want to go back and find them, archive.mofax.com. we got a cool little player widget on there as well. Uh, such a treasure trove that breaks my cognitive dissonance every time I listen. 2020 just keeps getting weirder, and it's been great to have this and no agenda to turn to. My friends have started telling me that I should stop believing things just because it goes against the mainstream and basically shut up, slave, which is truthfully quite disconcerting. But when you scroll through Twitter and all the advertisements of the vaccine that have pictures of black people in them, I think it's right to keep paying attention, as you say, Mo. Looking forward to more and a cool clip I sent you made it into the show. Can I please get a Mo Karma for my mom who's looking for a job at the moment? All the best from Natasia. Yes, of course we can get a Mo Karma for you. You bet. You've got Mo Karma. What clip was that that she sent? Do you remember? Which clip of Nat- I don't Natasha remember from the last <clears throat> I don't recall from the last show, um, but she's all she's all also act very active on Twitter. Okay, sending me a lot of stuff as well. Um, our next executive producer Scott Shellhammer one hundred and twenty five dollars. And uh, did we get a note on email from? Uh, I searched from all I searched all ways by the email address by his name. Uh, and every email account I have, and I didn't find anything. So please, Scott, send, resend it, and we'll read it next at the top of the next show. Uh, I'm just I I have a note here from Scott Pancake. I, <laughs> I wonder if the if that's him. I'm not sure. No, that he didn't make a reference to Pancake. No, before so, me and, and, so that's yeah. that would be new. All right. Well, thank yeah. you very much, Scott. Let us know. Next up, uh, $100 also an executive producer is Kaz. We know him as Sir Kaz from No Agenda. Just a little donation to thank you both for the open and honest conversation and opening up my mind even further. Any kind of de-douching is appreciated. We don't de-douche here, my friend. We de-deadbeats. Ready? Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Uh, David Roll, $100, says, stay sexy, Mo. Jonathan Drawer, also $100, keeps spreading the truth, he says. Then we go to, next on the list, is Darren Young. He is Nero of the Dark Godlands, a.k.a. Northeast Louisiana. Uh, And he is our first associate executive producer at $87.75. He says, Mo and Adam, I've been wanting to send this donation for quite some time, but have put it off for one reason or another for weeks. However, when I heard you guys still discussing what to call it when a listener introduces someone else to the show, I felt compelled to finally step up, chip in, and share my idea. Gentlemen, I have the perfect suggestion for what you, uh, for what to call it when you put a new listener up on the game about MoFax. 
You just got served. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'll work. You got served. Yeah. Well, let me see. He says, hear me out. Well, he's got, do you want to do the the meanings of the phrase? You go ahead. Go ahead. We could just, uh, it's pretty long note. I read through it. Um, Whatever naturally sticks. So the people will have to decide. We heard uh, bring them to the table. We heard um, spread the word. Uh, and now we have another option you got served. So whatever people provide back to us, I think the, through their notes and communication, I think that's how we just decide on what to call it. All right. What I, do you think, I like it. I like it. First of all, yes, absolutely. The people will decide through the MoFax with Adam Curry Electoral College. Uh, Dominion Software will tally the votes and uh, we'll find out <laughs> if you just got served is the one or if it's something else. We'll uh, We leave it up to you indeed. And thank you very much to the Darren. people, and to the people, to the yes. people. And he ends his note with, uh, "If in real, if reality is a lady, Mo Fax got my bitch." Oh, nice. <laughs> no, uh, sir. Instagram has her. According to Kanye, I'm Onward to uh, Chris Bailey. Uh, a nice show episode donation, $54.04. Mo and Adam, thank you for the work you do. 54 for the show number club and 5404 to bring your attention to U.S. Code 5404, establishing the Human Capital Performance Fund. Huh. Google it when you have a minute. Anyways, thanks again. And can I get a Mo Karma? <laughs> You've got smoke armor. Did you look that up? I'm only seeing the note just now. I did Google it, and I'm teetering on the edge of that rabbit hole, so okay, I'm have <laughs> stay to look tuned. at that, too. I like it. Timothy Kiernan also <laughs> enters the episode Club Mo and Adam. Thank you for your continued progress with this excellent show. The episode 2020 vision was a pleasant surprise. I like that you don't publish until you have something ready to say. It makes each episode a welcome addition to whatever time of the week it arrives. No karma, no jingles. Best wishes to both of you and all the producers. Thank you, Tim. Well, that's the beauty of podcasting, I guess. You know, it comes to you, it shows up when it's ready, and you listen to it when you're ready. And I, I, I did take a poll from the people I do talk to on social media and ask, do you want a weekly? Do you want to and, and just present what it's had, or do you want to hold out? People prefer to be on a cycle, but then they like, well, if it's going to, diminish the show take your time so we're very fluid right now on this but my goal is to provide and the same as adam not not to speak for him but to provide the best show possible you can get a lot of random information on the mainstream media (laughs) what we like to do is cut through the narrative and show uh, um yeah, and common threads and themes well to take this to a value for value perspective since we're doing the donation segment Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to, you know. Besides having a full time job with four kids and Rocco the dog, um, Mo has a day job. Uh, you know, it's in, until until can, we can replace that day job with this job <laughs> full time. It's just going to be whenever it's done. And not only that, but we internalize what's put out there in the media. So with that four day slowdown, nothing was there, and. I mean, it, it, it is what it is, but I will never give you a diminished product. Long story short. This is where I say right on. Right on. Right on. $54 uh, club member Theodora Dorinda Onyena 
Ognena. I think I hope I'm not butchering that too bad. John Taylor, also a club member with 54, paying for the withheld votes, he says. Cyrus Esau, $54. Thanks for doing the business of the work. It's a nice way to put it. Donald Francis, 5233. I think uh, he's probably from the 52 club, so we'll bump him up. Sending this note to accompany my first donation. No longer a dirt bag. It's okay. <laughs> it's a new term. You're not. A, you've never been a dirtbag in our eyes. Can't even begin to thank you enough to express my appreciation and admiration for the important work you are doing. Your scholarship has enlightened, challenged, and educated me. I look forward to each episode. Thanks also to Bob Crosby for activating me. Oh, that was another one, right? See, that's yeah, another activated. one. See, yeah, but this is in the wild, so this actually has a vote ahead. This is not the first time we've seen an activation. Uh, I'd love me some Mo Karma for both of us. Thanks again, respectfully, Don Francis. <laughs> You've got Mo Karma. Eric Hochel from Deutschland, uh, 52. He'll be bumped up to the 54 Club. No note, but we know what you're all about, Eric. Thank you. Megan Emery, $50. And she is uh, also an associate executive producer for this episode. Uh, oh, actually, I see she's in here twice. So in that case, she moves up to executive producer. I'm sorry, because she yeah. came in with another 50. Yeah, the issue with that is I don't combine them because I don't know if they want to be part of the show club. So it can get a little. Uh, well, it's two times 50. Well, we so that would be. A, yeah, we'll figure it out. But I do want to read her note. It says, hello. Hello. I found your podcast through the Rogan No Agenda route. I am completely hooked, and it's taking place of all other podcasts for the time being, as I am binging MoFax from the beginning. I wonder how long that would take. 54. Roughly, just say roughly three hours, 50. Like like five years? It's 150 (laughs) hours. Crikey. So that would be about six days straight. Yeah. You do it in a week. Yeah. Go ahead. Get get an IV. (laughs) Thank you for all of the hard work and research that goes into this podcast. I donated last week with no note, but wanted to include a note this time. You guys are great. Keep it up. Thank you, Megan. We really appreciate that. There's Chef Elvis Rosenberg with $50. He is a uh, a regular uh, producer. I think he hasn't. Don't think he's missed any episode. We appreciate it. Great attendance. And Great attendance. Yes, attendance is outstanding, Chef Elvis. And that's it for our associate uh, executive producers and the executive producers of uh, episode number fifty-four of MoFax with Adam Curry. This is our value for value proposition. Whatever you get out of it, just put it back into the show. Send it through us through Cash App or through PayPal. You can find out more about that at MoFax.com, or if you want to go directly to the donation page, it's MoFundMe.com. M O E F U N D me.com and thank you all so much for supporting the podcast well while the black and i put black in pips as i um <laughs> i recently heard um i never heard this term my in pips a- yeah i heard my angelou use it when she was talking to uh james baldwin and i, I just like that I, I put it in pips uh, black uh, that's, pundits. That's weird because I immediately think of Gladys Knight. I don't know why. It's that's odd because of the pips. I know, but, but I, I understand why. But how do you get yeah. air quotes from pips? I don't know, but it's just cool the way she said it. So I, right. I thought I'll use it. Hereby adopted. <laughs> it's good to go. So I'll put black and pips. Uh, the pundits were uh, bashful about saying who was responsible and was everyone. Oh, but not Eva. Go. Eva Longoria. 
Eva Longoria, she put it right out there. Who were the real uh, heroes and heroines? Again, our, our work is just beginning. But I want to talk about what you just said about the women. The women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia what, what uh, uh, black women have done. But the Latina women were the real heroines here. Beating men yeah. in turnout in every state and voting for Biden-Harris at an average rate close to three to one. And, and that wasn't surprising to us. You know, Latinos are the CEOs of the households. They make all the financial decisions and healthcare decisions and educational decisions. Many Latinas are small business owners and they wanted a plan for recovery um, for themselves, not for Wall Street. And so Trump's policies were never aimed at the struggling Latina community. And, you know, if you look at voter suppression on top of that, how Latinas showed up, even through through the closing of polling places and the shutting down mm. of drop-off sites and new voter ID laws and long lines and driving 30 miles and, and all of that. And on top of that, restrictions and safety protocols of a, of a pandemic. That spirit and perseverance that, that Latinas use in their daily lives, the struggle to pay their bills and the struggle to show up to their jobs and homeschool their kids and take care of their elders, that's the same perseverance and spirit they use to show up at the polls. I think there was such a vacuum of actual information that people were like Eva Longoria, who I, I've met. She's very nice, actually. Mm-hmm. I've never heard her talk about like yes with such an emphasis. Um, I think people literally got sucked into the vacuum and brought in to fill it up. And you know, it's like, well, you got me. So yeah. Since when do we get Eva Longoria for uh, for election <laughs> <Politics>? analysis? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very odd. I- I kind of skipped over it, but we're they're trying to shift out of black, you know, black, yeah, black, in, black into color, into color, into color, color, yeah, color, people of color. Yes. Right. Because you even seen this with uh, Kamala Harris. It was she's a black woman all the way up until the election. And now it's oh, she's Indian. But she's the she's, best. You know, she's she's comma 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 chameleon. Yeah. She can change whenever she wants. She can be brown. Right. She she's can be a black. desi. Yeah, yeah. She's a desi, and she no. <laughs> she's, she's, <laughs> yes. but, but you it's didn't true. hear this for um. You didn't hear this for Obama. You didn't hear when he won it uh, after that. It was like, oh, he's white too, or he's multiracial. No, no. they didn't play that game with him. But Mm-mm. I'm noticing, um. That they're whitening up or lightening up Kamala, and I haven't. And, and I think this is what huh. the, the point I'm making here is. In that, okay. All right, so I have to get in my black bubble. Oh, <laughs> so, all right. Oh, okay. Well, I'll keep the mic so, on the outside so I can still hear you. Right. So, what the black bubble is is this is when you have to see things through the completely, quote unquote, black lens. And when black people heard her say this, is that I'm, this is not me. This is from the black bubble. Latinos are not lazy like black people. We persevered and we don't let voter suppression get in our way. And you know that thing in Georgia that y'all did? Um, yeah, it was nice, but we're the real heroines. Can you get me out of this thing? <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Stand back, everybody. Okay, you're out. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Th- thank you for thank you for saying that because isn't that kind of the question I'm always asking is how do you feel about that? And I compl- I and okay, so from my perspective, very interesting. Thanks for not setting me up for it. I'm glad you didn't do that. I didn't hear that. Obviously, all I heard I, I heard her taking uh, 
taking credit for the win, but of course, uh, being being a white man, I it didn't hit me that that was actually very derogatory in this specific case because it's uh, it was the black vote that was told was going to make it happen. Right. What what she's saying is us Latino women and she in step, and step aside doing, step aside black people that's what she's saying we did it exactly yeah, we're, we're okay. the new we're I the new you. block of interest yeah so that didn't last very long <laughs> because <laughs> they came for her and we go over to the uh best stop in political tea Roland Martin um and <laughs> <laughs> everyone's fave yeah and he and he covers this uh the apology of Eva it's possible. We've talked about uh, the fact, the power of black women, also the fact that the two highest voting groups uh, in this election were black women and black men. Ninety one percent of black women voted for Donald Trump. Eighty percent of black men, excuse me, ninety one percent of black women voted for Joe Biden against Donald <laughs> Trump. Eighty percent of black men voted for Joe Biden against uh, against Donald Trump. A sister sent me an even her card is on my desk. I'm sorry. I, uh, a sister sent me this T-shirt, y'all, today in and it says a uh, vote like a black woman, uh, which which was which was pretty funny. Uh, and uh, Eva Longoria, who is a Democratic activist, she's an actress. But let's just say she got in a little hot water over the weekend when she said this on MSNBC. That did not uh, sit well with a whole bunch of sisters. Uh, Eva Longoria got ripped for those comments, uh, giving the impression that she was dismissing black women. Mm, okay, she got ripped. Ripped. <laughs> By the way, it was besides his obvious flub at the beginning. It's mm-hmm. interesting that instead of saying uh, whatever his numbers were, eighty percent of black women voted for Joe Biden. It was both times men, black men and women, actually voted against Donald Trump. That's what he said. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it, maybe that's the secret. <laughs> the uh, truth wants to come out because nobody was voting for Joe Biden, Biden which right. goes to even this high. Man, this astronomical number that we're seeing of votes. And, that, where, and where did he get his, his numbers from? He didn't say. Okay. <laughs> I think he probably just got it off the news like everybody else did. That was those numbers everybody was quoting. And that lets you know that um, uh, twice as many black women voted for Trump this time around the last time. And you had a significant increase on the men's side. But he glosses over that. And then he reminds you, I got a T-shirt that said vote like black women. And that was just hilarious to him. So, as you can see, the black uh, female political class, they called Eva. And they told Eva, you got to fix this. That's right. <laughs> the, same, ah. the same thing. Do- <laughs> Don- Donald, Donald J. Lemon got into the same trouble. So, who right. who called her? I don't know. And there's not really uh, any evidence of who did call her. But you know how the fix-it conversation goes, don't you, uh, Adam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that. Well, that's like Donald with uh, Oprah, right? So <laughs> let's get um the official uh, tweet is read by Roland uh, of her apologizing. Oh gosh, they got to her. <laughs> this was uh, what she posted on Twitter. I'm so sorry and sad to hear that my comments on MSNBC could be perceived as taking credit from black women. When I say that Latinas were heroines in this election, I simply meant that they turned out in greater numbers and voted more progressively than Latino men. My wording was not clear and I deeply regret that. There is such a history in our community of anti-blackness uh, and 
our community, and I would never want to contribute to that, so let me be very clear. Black women have long been the backbone of the Democratic Party, something we have seen played out in this election as well as previous ones. Finally, black women don't have to do it alone any longer. Latinas, many who identify as Afro-Latina, indigenous <laughs> women, AAPI women, and other women of color A-A-P-I. are standing with them so we can grow our collective voice and power. Together, we are unstoppable. Nothing but love and support for black women. Everywhere, you deserve a standing ovation. Wow. AAPI is... American Asian Pacific, Pacific Islanders, Pacific probably. Islander, yeah. yeah. Oh, everybody's in. Every, everybody's everybody, in the- except except Latino men. Get out of here, men. Welcome to the club, fellas. <laughs> you, you don't you don't belong here. Get out of here, men. Horrible men. Hey, girls. See for the sister. See for the sisterhood. She threw. They threw their men right under right the bus. Right under the bus. I was talking about those sorry Hispanic Hispanic men that went and voted for. 45 Savage. That's what she was saying. Yeah. And whenever you start the question, your statement off is what I mean was <laughs> it's you copy, news. please. Yeah, it's bad news. Hey, have you ever heard of the term copy, please? If not, this is this a perfect is, this example. Is what she, it is. She's like, I don't, I don't want no trouble, ladies. You know, I know you're the backbone. So they, they may even bow down, but she, it's always the apology I find more interesting than the statement. Sure. And it always get glossed over. She says, I know there's such a history of anti-blackness in our community. Yes, I heard that too. And I was like, wow, you're going to just come out and say that? Like, the, you guys are a bunch of racists? Well, the men are. Oh. You put two and two together. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> oh, yes, of course. The, the Latino men are. Wow. Threw them under the bus and backed the bus up over them. <laughs> Jeez. This is how it works. Yeah. So, fellas. Talking to my uh, Latino brothers out there. <laughs> Welcome to hold the club. You, hold your head. <laughs> Don't hold worry. Your head. Don't worry. White <laughs> men are not far behind. We know it'll be our turn eventually. Because <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Black men <laughs> hold the door open for everybody else. Right. So she was copping major pleas in this. And this n- next little clip it snippet uh, is from her original statement and i just want to play that one more time what she said the women of color showed up in big ways of course you saw uh in georgia what what uh, uh black women have done but the latina women were the real heroines here beating men yeah. in turnout in every state <laughs> but my dad always told me when you say something <laughs> and follow it with a but everything you said before that but is negated is negated so this backbone and we're the real heroines don't line up. And I think Eva was just feeling herself and she wanted, she wanted her credit. And it's funny how she comes out, says it boldly, but the black pundits have to say, Oh, it was everybody. It was a coalition. It was everybody. <laughs> it's the whole color of the rainbow. Everyone did it. Right. So we're going to take a little, uh, side a uh, little deviation from the normal path and we're going to look into the hispanic uh, latino votes uh for cbs today the u.s electoral map doesn't look that different from 2016 but states like florida texas arizona and north carolina are experiencing a sea change driven by a wave of new latino voters what we are seeing 
is a lot of um, higher than predicted um, young Latino voters coming out and voting. The progressive leaning group Latino Decisions pulled a slice of Latino voters and found nationally about 70 percent supported Joe Biden, but just 27 percent favored Donald Trump. Republicans repeatedly portraying Biden as a socialist candidate appealing to exiled Cuban and Venezuelan Americans. Grassroots organizer Melissa Tavares calls that misinformation and says Democrats faced a major obstacle in getting communities of color to vote the coronavirus. Because of COVID, we're not able to knock on doors. Most of our work shifted to virtual or to phone banking, which is not the same as engaging people face-to-face. Latinos, show up! But the pandemic did not slow a surge of left-leaning Latino voters in Arizona, where NBC News exit polls show 63% of the bloc broke for Biden compared to 33% for Trump. Arizona has seen its population grow and economic opportunities widen, attracting young Latinos to the state. What is happening in Arizona is very similar to the demographic shifts that we are also seeing in Georgia. (laughs) There it is again. (laughs) They brought up some points here. One, 33% of Latinos in uh, Arizona voted for Biden, but there's no shaming. You had a high no, turnout. Vote, vote, of, voted for Trump, you mean? I mean, it's, yeah, voted for Trump. Yeah, excuse me. Um, and you had a high turnout for Trump in Florida amongst the Cubans. Right. There's no shaming. <laughs> but whenever a black person comes to try to step out and say, I'm going to vote or not vote, or I'm going to vote differently than you expect me. Here comes the shaming. So I just want to point that out. And I want to put a question on the table. Cubans, are they similar to ADOS or or foundational blacks in the way that they're a subgroup within a larger group and they have their own interest and they vote their interest? If that's a question, uh, yeah, I would say that's correct. It's a thought I laid up for, let me say, for debate. Uh, well, but, okay, so the, what you're saying is, please don't think just because they have brown skin that they fall under the Latino, Latina banner. They vote their independent interests of whenever you say socialism. Yeah. That's a no-go for them. Exactly. And they basically hold Florida hostage, even though they're a small community. And as we've seen how these things lay out in these cities, like, um, well, the states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, these urban centers, um, pips, um, <laughs> uh, are where the stronghold of black vote is. So if you could get black people in Detroit, Philadelphia to be on cold like the Cubans are, that could be, they could wield significant, uh, political power. So I'm mm-hmm. just saying the Cubans are a excellent, uh, example of being part of a larger group. What voting your individual interests? Well, only being part of a large a larger group because of the color of their skin. For no other, there's no other reason at all. Hello, it's not, uh, <laughs> not even Latin America. It's not South America. It's Cuba. Yeah, no, I'm saying hello. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, I'm just making it extra clear. Remember Pinky? <laughs> I mean, right. like, yeah. They didn't even know Pinky was black till she told them, and then they turned on her. So <laughs> it's not even about pigment anymore. It's about what group you fit in. Right. So we're going to continue on with the CBS today clip and it's going to give us a few more numbers. But before we continue, we have to keep our eye on Arizona. I'll say that. And then we can jump into this next clip. 
Speaking of the peach state, exit polling shows Biden with a 16-point edge among Latinos there, down from 40 points under Clinton, and a 19-point Biden edge in Texas, down from 27 points under Clinton. But both of these states suddenly in play for the first time in decades. There has been a lot of engagement in Texas, and it's also a process. I mean, when we're talking about places like Arizona um, that have are now solidly purple. With states slowly changing colors, Miami-Dade's Republican chair says one formula has kept Florida reliably red, regular outreach to Latinos. He truly cared about the Hispanics in Miami-Dade and in Florida, and that paid off for him. You see how that looks? Yeah, bad. <laughs> it's very bad. Can't have this. Yeah, regular outreach. And um, these numbers. <clears throat> now, Joe Biden, we just said that the voter turnout was higher for black people, but the turnout was lower than expected, uh, just on percentage-wise. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the black vote didn't do it for him. Well, just a, he was, just a question on yeah. that, Mo, because you know this is the math that we've been talking about for over a year. Is right. and just leaving everything out, leaving everything out of the equation. Uh, what we talked about specifically was if two or three percent less pips, black people voted, showed up to vote, uh, that would lose the election for uh, Joe Biden and the Democrats. So, do we, do we know exactly what that turnout number was, and was it indeed those two or three percent lower as expected? See, we don't know the overall number of what right. the turnout was. They keep giving us the percentage of who was registered and who voted. Exactly. Not not the actual, this is how many voting black people, people of voting age that are black. And of that per, a number, this is the percentage that turned out. That's but, the but, original number that we started out with. But also, but we don't know that now. How do they even get the, now? Now, this is just a question. Uh-huh. Your vote th- that you voted is known. What you voted mm-hmm. is not known. What do you mean? What you voted? Yeah, who? So um, that you voted, that you Mo Fax, right. Mister Mo Fax, that you voted, uh-huh. uh, that is a matter of record. Who you voted mm-hmm. for is not public record. Nobody has that. No. So how it's how not. do they come up with these numbers? Exit polls. Right, bullcrap. In wish, other words, which that could be skewed because if I voted for Trump and I'm black, I'm not going to tell. I mean, and that stand number out could there. be even. <laughs> yeah, stand out there and the yeah, I voted for Trump. Right, which by the way, and, you should totally be able to do, but not in this time and day and age. Fifty Cent, Little Wayne, Ice Cube. Should I go on here? That's yeah. the shaming I'm talking about. That, Tells you not to do it, um, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You, you better not do it. Um, but my point I'm saying is in Georgia. Now, these, these word numbers, they just don't job for me. 2016, Hillary Clinton had 40, had a 40 point, uh, 40 points of the black vote, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the Hispanic vote. Uh, 40, point, 40 point margin difference. That went down to 16 for Joe Biden yes. in Georgia. Incredible amount. So the his, Hispanic vote is down for Joe Biden. The black vote is down for Joe Biden. But he wins Georgia, which is historically a red state. 28 <laughs> Since, years. Yeah, I think uh, two, uh, ni- uh, 1992 was the yeah. last yeah. time, I believe. Yeah. Come on. Come on, bro. Well, 
uh, after Sidney Powell unleashes the Kraken, we'll understand better <laughs> how that worked. This is the problem. How can you do a, a good analysis with with numbers so out of <laughs> whack like this? It's like what? It's un, it's inc- it is truly the definition of incredible. It's almost not credible to look at these astounding numbers. And then the the the, the poll pre election polls. The difference, yes, it's there. there it's so many anomalies you would have to throw out if you were just doing a uh, an experiment. And it's the data that came back with you, came back to you. You would have to throw, this, throw out this out and start you, you over. Have to throw again. this year out <laughs> exactly. No, that can't be right. We got to do that over. Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. I'm just speaking. From, I'm speaking scientifically here because yes. I do DOEs. Yeah. So that's for people that don't know. That's design of experiments uh, and. When you have out of whack numbers like this, you can't trust it. You you know you can't you can't trust the numbers. But I said we have we have to keep our eye on one Arizona and two Georgia. So I'm going to speak briefly in these next couple of clips about Arizona, and then we're going to pivot to Georgia. All right, 24A. All-American wrestler Nashawn Garrett moved from Maricopa County, Arizona to Tennessee about five months ago so he could train for the Olympics. So you can imagine his surprise when he got a message from something called the Voter Integrity Fund. The state of Arizona is reporting that a ballot was cast in the name of Nashawn Garrett in the general election on Tuesday. If Nashawn Garrett did not cast this ballot, please call us back. Wow. Well... That doesn't sound fishy at all, right? Well, Nashon didn't think so either. So he went to the state of Arizona's voting website only to discover that his ballot had been accepted. And Maricopa County's voter portal said his ballot was signature verified and counted. The only problem is he'd already voted in Tennessee. He didn't vote in Arizona. <laughs> Nashon Garrett joins me now. Nashon, uh, great to see you. Now, you never received an Arizona absentee ballot or an application for mail-in ballot. So who the heck cast your ballot in Arizona? That is an excellent question. That is an excellent question. I have no idea, and that's the reason why I'm on here with you tonight. What does it make you think about this process in Arizona that we understand from this statement tonight um, that it's been examined and there were no irregularities found. What was that announcement that uh, I've never heard an announcement like that? If this if if this was your ballot, let it get in touch with us. What was that announcement from? That was a call that he received. Oh, from the saying, integrity fund. Okay, I got it. Right, right. So right, that, that's saying, part did of you their vote? Check. Basically, did you cast? Did you cast this vote? Right. And somebody did. I mean, somebody cast it for him. That was very kind. He didn't right. have to do that. <laughs> but it was in Arizona when he was currently in Tennessee, and and he voted. Of there. course, yeah. There's no evidence of fraud, Adam. So we know this. So it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just an outlier. No, just that should be disregarded. It's an outlier. Don't even look at it. Onward. But the only problem is he's an Olympic Olympic athlete, so he has some credibility. And he's just not some uh, person they pulled out of the woodwork. So I just want to point out one more thing. This is the back to the Fox thing again. You have Tucker, you have Laura. They can't say it's fraud, but they can't say it's fraud. And they have to do these stories. One minute they come out, say this, and then they'll go back and say it, go against it. 
they're in a very uh, tough situation because they don't have a place in New Fox. <laughs> no, I disagree. And, uh, no, I disagree. I think they have an absolute place in New Fox. And I've seen, I I follow Tucker Carlson very closely. Frau Ingraham, not so much. Uh-huh. But he has moved from having opposition uh, guests on who will argue with him. That's over. He hasn't done that in months. Uh, he recently announced that he was, uh, that he's staying with Fox News and that they had just, or they had just completed or in the, in the, in fact, I have the clip actually. We should probably listen yeah. since, uh, since we're talking about it. Uh, yes, here he is. Before we get to the next segment, a quick note about this show. Over the weekend, we got a lot of calls asking if we're leaving Fox News. Ironically, at that very moment, we are working on a project to expand the amount of reporting and analysis we do in this hour across other parts of the company. This show is not going anywhere. It's getting bigger. The people who run Fox News want more of it, not less, and we are grateful for that. We'll have specifics soon. But as always, thank you for your trust in us. We'll do our best to be worthy of it. So to me, he is going to be because he says we bring you news and analysis. Analysis, yes. He brings analysis Mm -hmm. that I think uh, will make many conservatives feel good about what he's saying because it's probably what they're thinking. But news, no, this is controlled opposition. Just having a guy on at, at 8 o'clock on, in the evening saying, I agree with you, is not the same. I mean, he's, of all the, if he truly was in the news business, he would have at least brought some, Sidney Powell, that's why I bring her up again, is a serious mm-hmm. lawyer. And this is the only reason why I give this whole, and I, Rudy Giuliani has been so marginalized, but he's also quite a serious guy. I lived in Manhattan when he was my mayor, and I saw the good things he did and and the corruption he cleaned up, the crime families, the Wall Street crime. That's when Michael Milken, the last guy that actually went to jail for doing something bad on Wall Street. So these people, but mainly Sidney Powell, she's worthy of speaking to, and she even actually excoriated her for not showing any evidence Right. So this is, to me, this is, and by the way, they can't sell an ad for, if their life depended on it, it's all per inquiry, it's all my pillow, it's all Medicare commercials, they can't even get a good pharma ad, which runs the entire cable business uh, in his time slot. So this is just a controlled opposition, and uh, sadly, I think he knows it. No, I'm in agreement with you, and that's why, that's my point I'm making, that him and Laura Ingram are in a tight spot because their fan base oh, it's gone. is mostly MAGA. It's going. Oh, yeah. No, that, that's MAGA's going to Newsmax. So if they go to Newsmax, that MAGA leaves Max. no... Yeah, that leaves no... <laughs> that leaves no... Uh, Savage Max. Savage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that leaves no uh, room for Ingram and Tucker Carlson. So they have to waffle back and forth yeah. between... I'm with MAGA. I'm not with MAGA. I'm with. They have two masters. Yeah, and mm. they have to play this very closely because if they don't, if they don't play this right, that's that's why I brought up the point about the comments and and uh, the feedback that they're getting. They won't have a place in the new Fox because new Fox would just become CNN or some kind of benign, mm-hmm. uh, not as not as gimmicky as CNN, but. And, you know, down the middle, college uh, balls and strikes, political news. For 13 years on the No Agenda show, I have said Fox Mm -hmm. News is run by Democrats. 
And here's the here's the truth. It is. And, and you saw that play out in the um, calling of Arizona. Min- no, the mini the mini series they did on um, what's the guy that created Roger Ailes. Uh, Roger yes, Ailes. Yes, Excuse yes, me. yes, yes, yes. You saw. I mean, I know that was fictitious, but you saw the the, uh, the Murdoch sons yeah. come in yeah. and kind of like dad. You got to play it this way, but I I, I digress. But. I want to go back to uh, Nation and his claim of voter fraud. That's what the post-election um, audit in Arizona uh, said, that Phoenix and Maricopa County, no irregularities. I mean, it seems like yeah. your ballot was cast by someone else. Doesn't that seem like an irregularity to you? Uh, yes, and unfortunately, I um, can only speak to my own experience, but from my own experience, I found, and this just happened within the last couple of days, where um, I had some suspicions that there could be some irregularities. Uh, I have mainstream media speaking that there's not, but yet I have just dropped in my hands. It just so happened that uh, that a ballot was cast in my name, and um, it's unfortunate, um, but it's it's the truth. Now, do you think like a maybe a mail-in ballot application was sent to an old address there? And I mean, I'm just trying to think of how it happened. And someone received that application, sent it back in, signed it, or or do you know if it was mail-in or if it was an in-person vote? How, how did it get cast? Um, I believe it was a mail-in vote um, uh, ballot, and. As far as I understand, as far as I know, um, there was mail-in ballots sent to my old address in Arizona. But I haven't lived in Arizona in over a year and four um, four months. Yeah. I love Ingraham. <laughs> what? What? How? What? Do you think that's possible? Huh? Yeah, please. And, and just uh, just for the optics of it, Nashon Garrett is a uh, quote-unquote black person. Pips. Pips, excuse me. Pips, thank you. Um, so that even lends to the spiciness of the story. It's like, here's this black guy getting his vote stolen in Arizona. Suppressed. And and the f- vote flips from red to blue. And what I don't know the current stats of Arizona. Because it went blue and then it is it red now or well, it's unclear. <laughs> it's what's that everything's like in flux. It's like this is in dispute. Yeah. Well, and and again. The, everyone's voting for the electors so this yeah. yeah but are they still counting this is why i can't uh, this is to be honest with you i had to unplug because are <laughs> they still counting or are they i know in georgia they're recounting because I, I follow that one closely yeah they're but recounting Arizona, but then they're, they, yeah they're recounting and auditing so this it's this in, two in, parts in, to in it. georgia yes and i think arizona I, too i don't think it's an audit yet in georgia I, I, I will br- yeah, we'll bring that up later to discuss, but I'm not sure. But I, I, but just to continue on with the show, it's just uncertainty. We don't know who's still counting, who's done counting. No. Nothing's been called. Some people are recounting. There's a bunch of lawsuits to go go around, and we're really not going to have an answer. But the bell of the ball. Nah. <laughs> the, <laughs> yes. Stacy. Yes. I, she, she, I, it wasn't Latina. Latinas. It was Stacy's. Her being a high member of the Coven, uh, she was invited to the uh, Colbert Show. Hey, 
Welcome back, everybody. She is a star of the Democratic Party whose get-out-the-vote efforts have transformed the state of Georgia. Please welcome back to A Late Show, Stacey Abrams. Thanks so much for being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me back. Well, you have been working tirelessly uh, for the Democratic Party to succeed, to, uh, to have victory in the state of Georgia. Are you allowing yourself time to celebrate right now, or is there too much work to be done? I had about 17 minutes on Saturday afternoon. I'm good. <laughs> That's, That's all you need? Now I get back to work. Okay. Well, we've got to, we've got to win two Senate races. I, I can't dawdle too long. Now, I, w- I want to get to that in j- just a moment, but, I, but I'm going to dwell on this for just a moment more, if you don't mind, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Biden ma'am. is set to become the first Democratic presidential candidate to win Georgia since 1992. You're being credited with your get-out-the-vote effort, your organizing of Georgia. How did you do it? <laughs> yes, that's what we want to know. <laughs> How did How you do did it? How did you do it, Stacey? Now, d- for, for context, mm-hmm. uh, after she apparently won the governorship of Georgia, uh, in her mind, only not recognized. She started the get out the vote. She had got a whole foundation together. She raised a lot of money. She started a lot of lawsuits trying to prove voter fraud, which I don't think she was successful at at all. And and being the, as you say, the PIPS uh, mm-hmm. senior member of the coven uh, and the Council on Foreign Relations, no idea why she's in there. Um, I'm sure she had some something else up her sleeve. Well, let's just do some numbers here. So, roughly five million people voted in Atlanta. I mean, in Georgia, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, since 2018, she's supposedly registered 800,000 new voters in the state that only has five million voters. Wow! Exactly. Wow. <laughs> That's sticker price. And then, as of Sunday, Saturday, and this is. Um, uh, think the what Saturday the fourteenth? Yeah, the fourteenth. Um, nearly one uh three point nine million Georgians had already cast their ballots. This is pre-election. Um, mm-hmm. uh, this is excuse me had cast their ballots, and more than ninety. And this is more than ninety four percent of that total number cast in the state uh of two thousand sixteen. So you had a huge number of mail-in ballots. Um. <laughs> In Georgia, huge number of new registered voters, and I think the difference at the time I checked was like twelve thousand. Uh-huh. And you're having all kind of shenanigans go on, and lawsuits filed, and and, and Georgia is not even a close state like that. I mean, by margin, I have the margins here, and it's like two percent, nine percent. I'm going for 2016. It was two percent that year before uh, election before was nine percent. So, I mean, it was tightening, but it wasn't, it's not even close. When you're talking about 12,000 votes separate who the winner is. Mm-hmm. So I just want to let it out. So this 800,000 number, since in two years, you registered 800,000 people. That is a crap load of people. Especially um, if they weren't registered before. Exactly. How did you and find is, them? By the way, when you, <laughs> when you said mail-in vote, I swear to God, I heard melanin vote. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> like I like that the well, melanin vote tomato, tomato. <laughs> but this this is my gut feeling I feel like and I could be wrong and this is I don't have any empirical data this just only uh, uh, um, anecdotal data I feel like Stacy's being set up here 
Oh, really? That's interesting. I have a feel all this praise they're lavishing on her. If Georgia goes left and some shenanigans are found, who they keep saying, this is the lady we credited to. All her work we accredited to. Right. Right? Yep. What this what this reminds me of is Loretta Lynch. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Former attorney attorney general of the United States, yes, who had the Bill Clinton uh airport tarmac meeting. And it was the Loretta Lynch meeting. <clears throat> it wasn't the Bill Clinton meeting. This is how this is how it works. You always set up the fall guy. <laughs> if anything goes wrong, we, we pull the chair out for under Stacy and she holds the bag. Because they just this praise and we've just did the numbers. We have went through the numbers, the low uh, actual turnout compared to who was registered. Uh, you heard Eva Gun Longoria say, oh, that was nice what they did in Georgia. Yeah. Eh. You know, like in a, in a yeah. dismissive way. <laughs> yeah. and, but, and by the way, that was the real problem because she had said something which puts Stacy in a bad light when it's not her turn to be in a bad light yet. Exactly. I got it now. So, okay. So Stacy, they, they're all, they're just, oh, Stacy, you're the best. Um, and I want you to watch for a meme here. Uh, and these next two clips we're going to play, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal it to you. Okay. But. Let's get into the second clip of Colbert with Stacy. So I, I want to make certain we give credit to so many groups that have been working at this for a very long time. My part was that when I became Democratic leader in 2010, I started building an infrastructure to focus on registration, on recruiting and training staff, on making certain we were in every single county. And I advanced that through multiple cycles. In 2018, I finally had enough money to do all the things we dreamed of. I raised $40 million for my my gubernatorial race, and we kept raising money after I lost to keep focusing on keeping this infrastructure in place. We worked with other organizations. We helped seed some of those groups, including the New Georgia Project, which I founded, Fair Fight and Fair Count. And we had, you know, million, you know, two million voters who understood that their voices were needed and they showed up. Well, I, I know that um, you were doing all this organizing and all these efforts along with these other groups long before you ran for governor. But you know, one of the sort of hallmarks of that campaign was the obvious voter purchase and voter suppression that were going on under then Secretary of State Kemp. And I imagine that must have given you even more um, um, energy for this effort than before. He was a galvanizing force for the intensity of my efforts this time, yes. <laughs> do, you think, do you think there are any Republicans on the national level now going, oh, would be better if she was just governor. Now we've lost the whole damn state. I, I had some time on my hands. If they'd let me have this other job, I probably would have been distracted. <laughs> Idle hands or democracy's workshop. I, I, did find, I did find it interesting that now she's talking about two million people showed up. Did she, was she, did she take, is she claiming that she's responsible for that? Of course, because uh-huh. Joe Biden got, at, at the time I pulled the numbers, that was on the 14th. He had 2,400,072 and some change, right? Yeah. And she's saying, of that number, I registered 800,000 in two years. That's that, one yeah, third. That's that's wow. And, okay. and let's just say not everybody you registered turned out, right? Right. Just to say say that. That's still let's say one fourth. That's a big number. One fourth of everybody voted. You registered to vote. 
that <laughs> that dog, that dog don't hunt over here. Mm. Uh uh-uh. uh. So she she was on a press run and she went over to one of our favorite shows, The View. <laughs> and listen how <laughs> listen to how Whoopi's all giddy and listen for the meme as well. Nobody had Joe Biden's back more than Stacey Abrams. I mean, she 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 has been working to make sure that the Democratic Party is doing everything they can do in Georgia to turn it blue. Please welcome the founder of the voting rights organization, Fair Fight, Stacey Abrams. Welcome back, Stacey Abrams. I know all those politicians, those Republican politicians in Georgia wish now that they had just made you go. Governor, because you, you, you know, they, I'm sure they're just going. If we had just done that, none of this would be going on. So twice we get the boy. Uh, if they're probably sad they didn't make you governor, because now they lost the whole damn state. <laughs> Whoopi's like she's hyperventilating on. It. Yes, <laughs> my goodness. She couldn't wait to deliver that punchline. It's just like, I can't wait to say it. Oh, they should have just elected you. Oh, how sweet the justice is. And Come on. And she stole the line. It wasn't even hers. No. That's great. And she's a comedian. So that, that joke stealing <laughs> is a very uh, is a very high crime in the uh, stand-up world. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you caught that. I didn't want, I wanted to see if you could catch, I mean, I know you would, but. Just to hear it and like how, oh man, she was all over Stacy. Big time, big time, yeah. Well, I'm not caught up in the hype. And we have to go back to uh, throwback clip uh, 36, which was Lego my Jego, uh, Joko, <laughs> excuse me. And really, let's re- really remember who Stacy is. And look, we need to all remember who is Stacey Abrams. This is a person who lost the governor's race, that is her claim to fame, started this nonprofit, took $5 million from Michael Bloomberg. And then during the campaign, when Biden and Byrne and everybody else would have loved to have Stacey come up and do a campaign event, who's the one guy who gets her to come? Bloomberg. Yeah. The funny thing is, remember we covered that story about how Biden's donors and a bunch of like Wall Street types were giving him advice on who to pick. And the one person they said essentially no to, they really liked Kamala. They liked Amy. They liked all those people. They did not like Stacey, which tells you everything that even Stacey Abrams would be too progressive. (laughs) This is a a cap board member. Yes. Right? She's identity politics incarnate. This is very interesting. Okay, so now I see where you're coming from with the setting Stacy up to be holding the bag and not the good mm-hmm. bag. Um, because they're saying that she is responsible. So when it turns out that it was fraud, whoop, guess who's, guess who's going to get pushed up front? Whoa. Ah, this is good. Oh, oh man, this is going to be beautiful. If anything goes down like that, that'll be fun to watch. 800 and she's on the outside looking in she's not a political person and what in the sense of she's not up through the dnc the kamala harris that tree no she was really giving her power she's despised by that group they don't like her at all but i always made the point that this election would have been real easy because she would have carried georgia on her own Mm -hmm. if you're looking if we're just doing political math here kamala we already have california she's not really like she has the non ADOS bad represent uh re- bad reparation takes 
We have uh, optics wise and eh, her blackness is in question. We have Stacy over here. She can give us Georgia. Um, she brings the Bloomberg money along with her. Optics wise, she her blackness can't be questioned, and they go with Kamala. That, that all that just I could never that's, let that that's go. Gotta, maybe, that's got a sting, is what you're saying. It's got a sting yeah, for Stacy. Yeah, it do, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and she like they said that she's cool at Wall Street, but if anybody could be left to hell the bag, she's not one of us. You know, she's not one of the member, original members of the crew. Just think about like robbing a bank, right? But and, and <laughs> but I, but I will remind you that it was the former New York banker who hmm, probably two years ago said Stacy, mm-hmm. Stacy, Stacy's the one. Keep your because that's she was clearly her name was going around in the in the Wall Street circles. Everyone's like Stacy. Yeah. She was politically correct at the time. Oh, well, she the, the way she energized it. I mean, uh, just from narrative point that Georgia could be in play. And her go, uh, her governor race that she had, mm. you know, it, it put her at the top of the list. Now, let's go over to France, France 24 English. And we're going to go back to that. Uh, the 2000, I think, 18 election midterms she yep. had against. Yeah, that she had against Kemp. With most precincts reported, Republican Brian Kemp leads by around two and a half points over Stacey Abrams. However, the candidate to be the first black female governor in the United States is not conceding. Votes remain to be counted. There are voices that were waiting to be heard. Across our state, folks are opening up the dreams of voters in absentee ballots, and we believe our chance for a stronger Georgia is just within reach. I'm Brian Kemp. I'm so conservative. I blow up government spending. <laughs> Brian Kemp faces a runoff next month. In Georgia, there's a rerun if neither candidate has more than half the vote. Aside running for governor, he is also Georgia's top election official. Days before the election, Abrams accused him of removing voters from state rolls. His office said it was investigating Georgia Democrats for a failed attempt to hack the state's voter registration system. He stopped short of declaring victory. Make no mistake, the math is on our side to win this election. Stacey Abrams. While Kemp drew strong support from Donald Trump, far left Abrams was backed by the TV star Oprah Winfrey. Both women condemned racist and anti-Semitic automated phone calls that went out to an unknown number of Georgians impersonating Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> I've forgotten about that one. Yeah, racist. Yeah, she had eight. She had this right. Oprah. Who else went down to to Georgia to? Uh, Obama came out for her. Obama came out for her. Yeah, it was all big. the big. Yeah, all the big stars, and, and they were setting her up. Um, not in that way, but they were propping her up to be a serious candidate. Yeah. Now she said her, and the report said, excuse me, <clears throat> as the report said, she was down by two full points, and she was still saying or two percent, and she was still saying, there's votes to be counted. Oh, of course, voices to be heard. <laughs> dreams, now, dreams Biden's, to be fulfilled. Right, so Biden is up by three tenths of a percent. Stop oh, the count! Over. Stop the count! <laughs> it's, it's over. Stop it! You know, I, I'll say it like this: I just want to have complete transparency, count every vote, verify every vote, and reason why I say that is if they're going to steal anybody's vote, you know who vote is going to be. Let's, let's just be completely honest. Let's just be 
completely honest here. If there's any vote stealing going on, we all know who's gonna who it's gonna start with. Um, so that they mentioned uh, the the robocalls. Would you like to hear the robocall, uh, the anti-Semitic racist yes, robocall? Yes, the, the so-called Oprah's an anti-Semite calling me call. Is that the one? Yes, I have that. If you like to hear it, this is the magical Oprah Winfrey asking you to make my fellow. Stacey Abrams, the governor of Georgia. Tonight, both gubernatorial candidates are coming out against this fake robocall that recently surfaced here in Georgia. In a statement, the Abrams campaign calls the robocalls a vile attempt to sway voters using poisonous thinking. Kemp echoes Abrams calling the robocall vile and absolutely disgusting. The robocall says it was paid for by the Road to Power, which has been linked to several other racist robocalls in Florida. Wow, man, that could have fooled me, that robocall. That- Can we hear that first? Just the robocall, not the whole clip, just the robocall again. That was hilarious. Isn't that the best? It's so anti-Semitic. This is the magical <laughs> Oprah Winfrey asking you to make my fellow Stacey Abrams the governor of Georgia. Wait, I thought it was supposed to be anti-Semitic. This is just racist. You know how it goes. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. Wow. We can lump it all in there together, but this is you know what, not the, even a woman. You know what this is? This is almost as dumb as the uh, the stupid video on the internet that caused Benghazi. Remember that scam? Yes. Like, yes. oh, people are really mad about this about this video that's that's uh, hateful towards the Prophet Muhammad, and that's why they're they're rioting, and that's why they're storming Benghazi. This is just as dumb. And that was so fake and so bad. It reminds me of the the uh, paintings of um, Jewish Holocaust uh, headstones and the burnings of black churches that right. end up coming back right. to the other party. Right. That's what they're <laughs> right. I'm like, that's yeah. terrible. That's not even a woman. I mean, if you want to put together, a, I mean, that was a guy. That was clearly a guy. <laughs> Obviously, it was dumb. I'd, I'd be embarrassed to put that in my report, honestly. I'd rather just read it and pretend like people hear that in Oprah's voice. That was yeah. dumb. That's why I wanted to let people hear it, just to dig that up and 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 put some uh, context to these things that they're saying. Well, we've got to another stopping point, I believe, Adam, uh, where we can thank some more people if you would uh, so kindly do so. Yes, and unlike Stacey Abrams, uh, who apparently has gobs of Bloomberg money, we don't. But it's not like we don't like it. I like brand new money. I just I don't want any money around me. It's not. <laughs> I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand than an old twenty. Now, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like $100 bills? Oh, yeah. I like oh. new money, too. Oh. Most beautiful thing on earth is a $100 bill. I haven't seen a woman as good-looking as a $100 bill. There's something about a $100 bill that excites you. And we have no idea if there's any new money in here, but if people get activated or if they've been served, whatever you choose as your term of choice, we'll find out as we read a couple more notes here for people who have supported the Value for Value project here at MoFax with Adam. Whoa, whoa. At MoFax with Adam Curry. I was celebrating. I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, we have some nice value coming in from Connor Lawrence. $45.45. That could be a 45 Savage message, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, guys, this is great, 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 guys. Haven't seen the number breakdown of the ADOS vote, nor have we. But I think the resounding support of the Latino vote for Trump leads credence to the fact that Mo has been spot on since day one. No secret here, boys. Just some of that goat 
uh, Mo Karma for 45 Savage so he can keep his job. And if possible, let me get some moving and job. Wish me luck finding a job in an apartment in New Hampshire. Also, thank you for the fantasy advice, Mo. I'll be monitoring the situation closely. With love and reverence, your friend, Connor. You've got... Mo Karma. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we'll see. I mean, it seems like we're all spot on here, but we need some actual numbers, which we may never get. We'll see. Jesus uh, Vaga, $40 from Jesus. Uh, what up, Professor Mo? Adam, I helped produce episode 45 with a dub. Now I'm here to de-deadbeat my smoking hot fiance Eva, with, and our son, Blue, with a double dub. So I wouldn't mind a double up on a buttered biscuit since their birthdays are a week away uh, on back-to-back days. My son turns one, by the way. Congratulations. We also we always play the latest shows in the living room while my son plays Yes, this will turn it'll turn him into a fine human resource. Just yes. want to say thank you for the education and know that we got your back on these digital streets. By the way, props on the Spotify playlist. We, the Mexican-American community, always bump and support that good soul, baby. P.S. All apologies to Adam and the Keeper for those sleepless nights. Loud-ass Mexican music, but mostly for the distortion. We go hard in every which way. <laughs> that was a story I told about, for some reason, the... Uh, uh, our Mexican brothers and sisters like to like their sound nice and distorted, and I've never been able to figure out why. They always give me a biscuit on my birthday. Congratulations! You're no longer a deadbeat. I'm gonna throw in a mark Mo Karma for them. You've got Mo Karma. Steel comes in from Melbourne, Australia, uh, with thirty six dollars and sixty six cents. G A R E covert. Uh, Convert, he says covert, but I think he means convert. First time donating, love the podcast. If only our politicians could be so open and honest, I guess I'm no longer a deadbeat. No, you are no longer a deadbeat, my friend. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Thank you for your courage, gentlemen, says Ashley Schmidt with $33.33. Magic numbers. Anonymous Douglas comes in with $32.20 and says... Uh, you might get the 3220 Robert Johnson reference, BBG. Okay. So, BBG, I know, is by Black's Guns. 3230 Robert Johnson reference, Mo. I have a feeling I'm get to, about to get schooled on sports once is again. That Bob, is that Bob Johnson uh, I, from BET? I'm, I'm, asking, I'm I not no sure. I have no idea. I thought it was a and sports it's GBG. reference. And it it's is GBG. Give, black uh, give guns. blacks guns. You're right. If you got some sparrows laying around the house, just in yeah, just, over. I mean, <laughs> before Joe Biden taxes them. Exactly. Right. Uh, I think I might have been listening. It might have been the first show I listened to. I started in late September and got hooked. Love to hear your perspective. I'm learning a bunch, and it's a lot of fun to listen to all the interesting clips and ideas you bring to the table. Thanks to the both of you for being brave enough to get some of this stuff out from under the rug. Karma to you and Adam. Keep up the awesome work. We always love some of our own Mo Karma. We'll spread that around. You've got Mo Karma. $25 from Eric Blitz, Mo and Adam. I've become a huge fan of the podcast. Thanks to my friend Patrick for trying to tell me about it for months. I finally checked in, and now I wait semi-patiently for every new episode. I don't know how much work goes into production like this, and I'm finally making an effort to pull some weight in the value-for-value system. Mo, I've honestly never heard so much of what you have to say. Your ability to collect and present facts, philosophies, and opinion is incredible. 
Thanks so much to both of you. Mo Karma will be great. Cheers, Eric B. There you go, Eric. Thank you. You've got Mo Karma. Brandon Archer, $25 and $25 from Clinton, uh, $23 from Clinton, who asked for a Wusa. We'll give you that for sure. You've got Mo Karma. Ernest Benoit, $20.24. Feeling deadbeatish and can't have that. Would love to get tons of positive energy if you have some to spare. Thank you for your courage and such. Well, there you go, Sir Ernesto. Congratulations. You're no longer a deadbeat. Sir Ernesto, as we know him. Don Walter with $20.21. Actually, he comes in twice with a $20.20 donation. This is on election night, he says. The Young Turks guest just said, breakup of black churches result in a breakup of black votes. Chenk is flabbergasted. Carry on. I'd missed all that. I missed all if that. If you got a clip, if you got a clip, yeah, or that'd be great. Let us know. Or, yeah. Or at least a date, I can. I probably could find. Yeah, it. that'd but be yeah, cool. Please send that over. <laughs> Eric, like Ho- to pull that. Eric Hoff sends twenty dollars. We appreciate him. Barb's twenty says great content, keeping me informed. Thanks. I can't explain how much I've learned. Says Andrea or Andrea with twenty dollar donation. Uh, Brad Tebow. Uh, it says, thanks for the excellent content, Mo and Adam. You and Adam are some of the best in-depth researchers I've come across, and you make every episode bingable. I'm a cracker married to an ADOS woman, and you've helped me understand her much better. Keep up the great work, brothers. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Imagine that. You're married to someone, and then you understand them even better because of a podcast? What, what, kind, of, what kind of sorcery is going on here? I can't wait till I find that podcast that does it for me. <laughs> from Jason Kemp. Thanks, Jason. John Cornforth, $10. Aloha, Adam and Mo. While listening to episode 53, I was overjoyed to learn that there are other like-minded fans of your podcast in Hawaii. Currently, we still have tyrannical restrictions on our ability to travel between the islands, but I look forward to the day when we can all meet up to discuss changing the narrative. I think a MoFax with Adam Curry meetup in Hawaii is in order. That would that be Hawaii a, table is getting strong. We need to go check that out. <laughs> David Bosch, $10. Great podcast, he says. Started at the first and now current. I wanted to reach out and see if you're familiar with the author Tiffany Jewell. And her book is the, uh, this book is Anti-Racist 20 Lessons on How to Wake Up, Take Action, and Do the Work. I discovered this book when my 14-year-old son had it assigned reading for social studies class. I try to keep track of what the... (laughs) Holy crap. What is going on? Homeschooling people. I try to keep up uh, track of what the school feeds him, and boom. This book is explicitly an indoctrination manual to create an activist mindset in the form of the typical cultural Marxist tradition. It has all of the self-defined code words and triggers to produce radical activist youth bots. Do you know if the author is explicitly tied to an organized educational programmatic and who funds it? I'm not a fan of colorism, but generally speaking, I see white youth developing self-hate, self-confidence, or guilt issues, or overcompensate as radical activists. This is my experience as well. How do you think black youth ultimately respond to this kind of programming? I know you're busy. Keep up the good work, and it is appreciated. I got to take a look at this book. In fact, I'm going to just... I have it flagged. I have this comment flagged, so... Yeah, let me just... It uh, may be a possible possible another rabbit hole. Yeah, I just want to mark that on my own calendar, so I... Just one second here. Let me just put that into my show notes. That's a good one. And she may be competition for the uh, white guilt lady. That's what I'm saying. We got uh, we to know. That, that's Yeah, we got to figure out what's going on here, <laughs> 
Uh, Glebradutsky, $10. Thank you. Value for value, says Kevin Roa with his $10. No stranger to the show. Sole proprietor. Always find the sole proprietor with $5. Uh, and uh, what's he saying here? Drop Squad, 1994. Drop Squad. Yes. Drop Squad. What is, I don't know. Do we know Drop Squad? Yes. Drop Squad was a movie back in the mid-1990s where what it did was people that were selling out there was this group called the Drop Squad that would go around kidnapping them and throw them in, a, like, and basically propagandize them by strapping them down and making them watch t- television movies. So wow. I think the reference he's making now is kind of how, like, when people escape the Democratic plantation, um, they send out the Drop Squad. Yeah, they get they get rounded up and brought brought back in. This so I think that's the reference he's making. Another good movie. Another good thing I got to check. I'm learning so much. This is great value. Soul proprietor. Thank you. Brad McNally uh, sends us uh, $5. Thank you, Mo and Adam. Been a Noah Jenna listener for about 10 years and have been uh, into Mo Facts with Adam Curry from the beginning. Can't say enough how much you guys help keep me sane. It's not much, but right now, $5 is what I can send, even though y'all deserve so much more. This is the beauty of the value for value model, Brad. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. We know it's a lot for you. That's, that's, that is all we ask for. Same for Brian Partridge, uh, who gave us $5. There's Terry Keller with the 411, no note. And Stephen Polamain winds up the entire donation segment for episode number 54 with uh, $3.33. We thank every single one of our producers. Again, props to the execs and the associate executive producers who produced this episode with their treasure. Time and talent and treasure is what we ask for. And uh, you can send that whenever you want. Whenever you feel the need, whenever the value creeps up on you, turn that into a number and go to mofax.com or mofundme.com and send us some value. M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com. And thanks again for supporting the show. So before we continue on, I got to put some respect on uh, Terry Keller's name. I say he may have a subscription set up because he comes in. He almost had damn near perfect attendance. If he doesn't, I believe it's, it's close. And he responded back to me and said, no. <laughs> I go and do the work manually All right. every week. <laughs> That's so really I got to put some respect. Yeah, I got to put some respect on Terry's name. Thank you, Terry. Yeah, um, really appreciated. All right. So we stopped off. Uh, where are we at? Uh, 31. So this is, uh-oh, <laughs> Wolf Blitzer. Oh, no. <laughs> Brolf. <laughs> We're following breaking news in Georgia right now. In just a moment, I'll be speaking live with Georgia's Secretary of State, who just ordered a hand recount of the ballots. But let's get an update from CNN's Phil Mattingly, who's joining us right now. So, Phil, what's the state of the race in Georgia? Well, Wolf, if you look broadly at the map, there's three states that currently have not been called by CNN. And obviously, all eyes are on Georgia. There's a big runoff headed there for two Senate races. But we are focused right now on the presidential. And as it currently stands, Joe Biden is ahead by over 14,000 votes. Now, what's going to happen over over the course of the next several weeks is a hand recount, essentially an audit by the state going county by county, counting every single vote wow. by hand. Here's the reality when you look at this map right now, unlike maybe a few days ago when Joe Biden was up by a thousand or two thousand votes, as his lead has grown, as more of the votes have been counted, processed and reported, he has got a much more comfortable cushion. Well, if you've covered recounts before, you know how this works. Occasionally you will have a couple hundred votes flip at most. Maybe there will be some errors that will cause some changes. But the reality of a 14 
16,000 vote lead in the state of Georgia. The Biden campaign feels pretty comfortable with that, should feel pretty comfortable with that based on historical precedent. But obviously, the recount is happening. The recount has been ordered, and we'll see how things play out. One thing to keep an eye on, November 20th, that is when the state has to certify. That is when the recount is expected to be complete. But for right now, heading into that recount, county by county, by hand, every single vote, Joe Biden ahead by 14,000 votes. Mm-hmm. A lot was said. Yes. You said whom, so I want to hear what you whomed about. Or I, for, before I, I, I forgot by the time he got to the end. What did I whom about? I can't yeah, even remember. Because he, he said a lot. Okay, so let's start with the whom. I think what may have caught your attention because it caught mine. You said previously that there's an audit going on in Georgia. Yes. Not the case. There's a hand count going on. Mm. And how you were probably propagandized was the slick trick feel maddenly pulled by saying oh it's a hand count which is essentially an, an audit no it's not no it's not. but here's what i understand they're, they're still uh-huh. they still have the right to do an audit even if the count has been certified that's why when they conflated those two things i needed to call it out right because right, he right. says there's a hand count going on which is essentially and audit. No, that's two not two different true. things. Yeah, that's not a true. A hand count is whatever ballots we have, we count it through a machine, we're going to go back and count them by hand. They don't look into the validity of the ballot. Right. Which that's what an audit is for. Two different things. I, but I like that you said that it was an audit because this goes to show even us. <laughs> oh, easily. <laughs> me and you easily. Easily. Oh, yeah. It's so easy. Are to susceptible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you don't listen to these things and I had I actually listened to it four or five times is how I caught that because I just heard hand count yeah, audit. That, yeah that's a very good catch and and really that's part of the problem now is that there's so much let's just call it all information floating around mm-hmm. that you don't know it's like there there's no one to rely on at all and and then Phil says According to historical data, the Democrats have nothing to worry about. But this is not a historical um, election you can use use historical data on because nobody's seen this amount of mail-in ballots before. Right. Nobody's seen uh, one-third of one party's uh, uh, voting base increase by, you know, 800,000 votes. All of these things, you know, we have to look into, and that's just... But he's saying there's nothing to worry about here. We're going to do the hand count, which is an audit, and it's going to be over. And that's not the case. And to wrap this. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, you mentioned earlier that you deal with DOE, I think it was, and you explained yes. the acronym. Yeah. I, I want people, you know, without going into much about it, but you actually do deal with statistical anomalies. With, thing, with the things that, I mean, this is, this is what I, and I know this, I don't think people understand that that you are uh, trained professionally to look for these types of things and then make decisions based upon weird ass numbers that you know. Well, go ahead and explain. Okay, I'll explain. What I do is I'm a quality engineer uh, for a large company, uh, and that's my job is to spot anomalies and to explain them. <laughs> uh, and if certain data sets don't. Uh, if they have too many outliers, you have to kick them out. You have to do another experiment. So, yeah, that's what you, you have to set up. Um, you have to set up experiments that will give you quality data back so you can make decisions off of them. And right. that's why when I look at statistics, it's 
if they don't seem right, I would say professionally, you got to run that over again. We need to get another experiment. I can't go off of that data. So just to give you a little background on on who I am and how I look at these numbers. Yeah, it's, and that's kind of interesting because I, I I'm not a quality engineer. But I mm-hmm. have a, a neural networking capability where I also I'm, I spot anomalies. And it's the weirdest stuff that I can spot. But certainly, and I'm not a financial or numbers guy at all. I, numbers to me, I I smell it right away. Can't always explain it, but I know something is going on. That's what I've been able to do my whole life. It's very odd. So we're kind of the same in that way. Yeah, we are because the way I liken my job to is kind of like a police, and the fact that you'll get a hunch. But then you have to prove your hunch or right. hypothesis. You had to prove it with um, empirical data. With clips. So, with clips. You got to yes. go to your office and say, hey, listen to this clip of Stacey Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> that's why those numbers well, are off. <laughs> this is what makes me. It's just that yeah. I can't sit. You know, I, I love to investigate. And that's just a little inside baseball about Mo. Uh, so we, we, we know there's a uh, recount coming. Hand count first. And then the audit is a total different process if necessary. So we continue on with uh, Wolf here. And he brings in Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensberg. And the reason why I cite Republican is because that's how they refer to him in the blurb on the video and then in the actual uh, uh, segment is Republican Secretary of State. So that's letting you know already. Hey guys, it's gonna be some BS because the Republicans are doing the counting. Yeah, but we'll let Brad uh, continue on here. And as far as you know, these ballots are all legitimate, right? Uh, all the ballots have been, uh, particularly the ones with in-person voting. But we go through a process the counties do of accepting the absentee ballots. Uh, they've been uh, verified, and then they're also, if the marks are made clearly, they are adjudicated by a three-person panel: one Republican, one Democrat, and then the county election official to ver- make sure we verify the intent of every voter, to make sure that we have a lawful process, and those are legal ballots. I'm, I'm just curious, uh, uh, Mr. Secretary, how long do you think? this can go on with President Trump refusing to concede that he lost the election uh, because he wouldn't just have to flip the results in Georgia. He'd have to flip other states as well. And we know that's simply not going to happen. Oh, oh, okay, that's right. (laughs) Well, you know, Wolf, he knows, man, he's on the inside. He knows it's simply not not going to happen. happen. No, which hold on. Let me now. This is a great entry point on this. There might be factions that say, you know what, we're done with Trump. Sure. No matter what the numbers say, no matter how it goes, we're done with Trump. And I want to I just take, take a couple minutes to have this conversation because we might not be able to have it again. Could it be that Amy Coney Barrett sealed Donald Trump's fate in a negative way? I've heard this. Um, I haven't, I haven't. So this is original idea of mine. Yes, well, but it crossed my mind. What I heard is that it would be a recusal that she would seal his fate by recusing herself in a in in a vote that would essentially go f- well. She would let recuse. Me, let me expound on what I'm saying about sealed his fate. Ah, what more can he give the Republicans? 
uh, from a political standpoint, he's given them. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is what Dvorak's uh, theory is: is he did his job. He gave uh, you know the just shy of three hundred federal judges, two Supreme Court judges, uh, awakened three. people to ch- three. I'm sorry, awakened people. No, to well, ch- well, that's important. I, mean, I didn't mean to cut you out, but that's important. Two to three. Yes, that's the point I'm making. Yeah, but that that, that, Ruth, that was the one that pushed the Supreme Court over the edge for for a long time. No, but if Ruth is still hanging on, we need to let make Trump win. But since Ruth made an early exit, it wrapped it up. We don't need the second term of Trump to get that third justice. That would Let's be rebrand. Okay. okay. So, yes, I believe that in general, the Republican Party really wants that. And that they are, in general terms, I'm not talking about the people, I'm talking about the political entity that lives in Washington. That's what we always talk about here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's very, it got to be very, it's like the same, when I talk about China, I'm obviously not talking about the China man, I'm talking about the Chinese right. Communist Party. Um, yes, of course, because if Trump prevails and wins, they're going to learn the actual meaning of the term savage. Because he's right. got all kinds of stuff set up and, and heads are going to roll. And probably Bill Barr will be one of the heads. Yeah. But if Ruth was still hanging on right now, they would have their arm twisted behind their back. Yeah. Because they need Trump to appoint her replacement. Mm-hmm. But her exiting early before the election, there's no, from a political standpoint, there's no more need of Trump. No, exactly. For, for for from the political standpoint, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely so right. I just want I just want to put that out there because it just it just it's like like you know you have an epiphany like well I, holy shit I also, they don't need him anymore. No, no, <laughs> my no, no they don't. That. They don't. Well, yeah. along with that goes what George Carlin said a long time ago. Mm-hmm. If voting actually made a difference they would have outlawed it a long time ago so so <laughs> this is the the united states and i believe the world is going to get a very very interesting and perhaps harsh lesson in civics um when people find because the what is the number one term used in the mainstream media but i, I would say everywhere in the united states and incorrectly about our system and our government and and uh, our country We're, exactly and this is what people democracy. they're going to awaken when they find out we are not a democracy and we are a republic and and that mainly is the political system when it comes down to brass tacks and numbers and how someone gets elected there's no there's no learning people are going to freak out if if Trump prevails they will not understand what happened because they are ignorant of the system. That is correct. And just just one more minute on this topic. They pick your primaries. We heard that back when Bernie Sanders in 2016. Mm-hmm. That one guy, I think he was some kind of election official of DNC, like, oh, no, no. You just make the suggestion of who we want to pick. <laughs> we actually pick the candidates. That's true. So if, if, the, if the DNC and RNC actually pick um the candidates for who you're going to vote for and then electoral college actually picks (laughs) 
of the two that the parties pick. Yes. What uh, what choice do you really have? Well, that's the whole joke of it. And look at the um the committee for uh oh, the debate committee. I forget what it's called. The the presidential debate committee. That's yes, only yes, two I, I parties. Did. It's only the Republicans and the Democrats. You can't get on a debate stage if you are a third party, which is how they've manipulated everybody into believing worldwide that the United States has a two-party system. Factually right. not true. But that's taught in schools. I don't think civics is taught in schools anymore. I, I don't I well, have to check it doesn't that, appear, I, it doesn't appear that not, way, that's for sure. Not in the iteration that I took it, where you had to have an understanding of how the government yes. worked. I'm sure some exactly. kind of as you've seen the 14 year old is reading uh <laughs> what kind of books they're reading in um social yeah, studies. Exactly. Thank so you. That is that's your social studies now. So uh, let's just get back on track here with uh NPR. Uh we have uh Adi Cornish. Oh yeah. And she talks with reporter Maya King on the surge. The surge. Surge! Uh, black voters in Georgia. The lead of your story is that almost every black Georgia voter has a story from 2018. Talk about how 2018 has fueled what we're seeing now. So we know in 2018, um, when Stacey Abrams launched her gubernatorial bid, she registered a record number of voters for that time, more than 200,000. And it really geared up um, excitement and engagement among Democrats in the state who were relatively confident that she would be successful. As the election got closer, a number of voters found that they were mistakenly removed from the rolls, which set them up for a very confusing process of filling out provisional ballots that might not have been counted. At the end of that election, Brian Kemp, who was elected, was also uh, the state's secretary of state, which called into question just how fair this election really was in the way that it was administered. Stacey Abrams lost the race by fewer than 60,000 votes, which is nearly on track with the number of votes that were removed from the rolls. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. We remember the story. Another number. She just said that Stacey Abrams uh, signed up, registered 200,000 people for her gubernatorial race. (laughs) Then another 800,000 after. That's a million people. A million you only got 5 million voters in Georgia. Does and the, a million of them was registered by Stacey Abrams in the term, in the, in the period of, let's just say four years. Let's say she got her ground game going in 2016, two years prior to the midterm election, and now we're at 2020. A million voters registered. Huh. You know, does she does she publish any numbers on her? I'm going to look at her Fair Fight uh, website. Does she publish these numbers as as factual? I, I, I didn't find it, but I do have a number for you. She has a less than a thousand uh, followers on her YouTube page for this Fair Fight. <laughs> well, then we know that her whole being is a hoax. <laughs> That's no, I'm just, just you can't even you. get over a thousand. Yeah, yeah subs on your on your youtube channel which you would think i mean that's where all her um her campaign ads and you know uh information is being placed you would be pointing people in that direction you have i think like 700 i think it was it was less than a thousand for sure yeah so less than a thousand subs but you register a million people in four years that's pretty that's pretty incredible 
I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't saying, but I'm saying. Now, does a registration from 2018, do you have to re-register for the 2020 in Georgia? Or you can just, that just I'm, carries I'm going to say it again. I'm just going to say it again. Maya King says she registered 200000 for the 18, 2018 race. I'm referring to an MSN article mm-hmm. that says... Um, Abrams following her narrow loss in 2018 uh, gubernatorial race, she says has registered more than 800,000 new voters. Mm. That's a mill. That's a mill, bro. <laughs> no, I, 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 I see it. I actually, I, I see a USA Today no, article saying, but, fact-checking this. No, One-fifth. No, One-fifth of horseshit. all the voters in Georgia. Mo, that's clearly horse crap. It's just, it's not that doesn't make any sense. But they say it though and say it proudly and say, Oh yeah, she did 200,000 here and another 800,000. You know, it's great. <laughs> yeah. That that's just, uh, and the election, that makes no sense. I, I'm praying for you, Stacy. <laughs> I'm letting you know now I'm praying for you. She is going to be, seen, that bag is going to be so big when it comes down. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, yeah, and let me provide a little context. I said Loretta Lynch, the guy that had the uh, money in the freezer down in Louisiana, Mayor Ray Nagin. Do we not see a trend here? When it's time to hold a bag, <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. Put a black person right. on the handle. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna get more into that, but now we're going over to CBS, CBS News. And this is James Brown, not the singer, the uh, reporter. Um, and he's talking to Latasha uh, Brown, no uh, Ken, I don't think, from Black Law, Black Voters Matter, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And this is the Deciders Black Vote in 2021. African-American voters are concerned most of all about the coronavirus and health care. Oh. But fewer than half are confident their vote will be counted correctly. And turnout is key. The number of blacks voting for president dropped in 2016 for the first time in 20 years. You passionately articulated what the concerns are of blacks now. Are you expecting that to translate into sizable turnout in this election? But I am sensing that people are frustrated and tired. And because of that, folks are motivated by different things in this election cycle. And so I do think you're going to have record number turnout. Mm hmm. Okay. We didn't. (laughs) We didn't. And I want to say one more thing record numbers, registration in the age of COVID. Now, we heard in previous clips that was one of the things they struggle with. The Hispanics, they struggle with getting people out because. They couldn't hit the ground. They couldn't knock on doors. Right. So how did they do it? Just, just enough. I, please, <laughs> I want to read this book because no, because if, if Stacy actually did this, she's sitting on a billion dollars. If you can turn actually truly turn that kind of uh, turnout out, but um, let's go ahead and move quickly into the second portion of this clip, uh, and this is CBS News. Uh, uh, continue to talk about possible international plots. 
Even as turnout shatters records in 2020, Americans face new challenges to have their votes count. The FBI and intelligence officials have uncovered international plots to disrupt this election. Emails from Iran meant to scare people out of voting and Russian hackers targeting voting systems. Facebook has taken emergency measures to limit inflammatory content and false reporting. Many wonder if the postal system can handle the crush of mail-in ballots in the midst of the pandemic. There are reports that elections offices have been flooded with calls from anxious voters after the president attacked mail-in voting. (laughs) Coming up on The Deciders, the voice of Latinos, growing louder by the day. What? I left that little... Yes. What? <laughs> but, but but enough about that. Back to Latinos. Wow. Black people, they're on your heels. That's basically <laughs> what that was. That's why I left that in there. Yeah, um, good just one. Start with the end. Uh, their voice is growing louder every day. That's what they tell you. Now, the concern, the stealing of votes, you got Iran, you got uh, yeah. Russia, <laughs> tampering with voting machines. Now all of a sudden we don't want to we don't want to look at that anymore. We don't want to recount. No, of course not. <laughs> Hello, it's so blatantly obvious. It's just uh, okay. We see it. Pre- previously, you were worried about Russians. You were worried about Iranians, which yeah. I don't know. <laughs> North Korea. Don't forget they stole that movie. So you know North Korea but, could be doing this. But who's missing from that rundown? What nation? China. What nation? China. Who, China. Who, who have the most inve- uh, most vested interest in getting 45 Savage up out of there? Yeah, that would be China. And this is, and I will say, as a side note, Sidney Powell, with all of her Venezuela and Cuba and Dominion and servers being raided in Germany and Smartmatic, she always winds up saying, China. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. That when, when when you don't mention them, you go to Iran. Iran, seriously, well, you threw North Korea in there. Yeah, well, no they, well, well, they're throwing that in because they, they you know, they've from the, the day after the election, it was like, oh, and Trump's going to nuke Iran now, and uh, and so that's just they're just throwing stuff out, just uh, like a. Uh, um flack you know when right. when you got incoming uh, fire and you're an aircraft you spit out the flack and it distracts the missiles that's what right. that and is. then they then they said half of black voters are concerned their vote is going to be counted correctly or not yeah what's even more reason to, what half is run that it back. <laughs> what half is that i'm saying if that's the truth if you're saying i'm gonna take it as truth run it back right count recount the votes audit every vote Check, make sure that the most disenfranchised voter population vote is being counted correctly. I demand a recount in Georgia and an audit. Yeah, good luck. And every other It'll, and it will center. happen. It will happen. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, but if you want to say that they're the most dis- disenfranchised, most suppressed, you shouldn't have any problem. Democrats shouldn't have any problem with the count being redone. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Especially with the history. Did you know there was a history of uh, mail-in ballots being racist? Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I guess. Well. When you don't want somebody to vote, you create various kinds of things. (laughs) 
Now we'd come with the 1965 Voting Rights Act. They couldn't deny it outright, so you find ways to try to suppress it. One of these ways would be through challenging black voters' absentee ballots ah. through accusations of fraud. It's one thing to be attacked by the local power structure. Hank Sanders represented the defendants in one such case, brought by the U.S. attorney in Alabama at the time, Jeff Sessions. The U.S. attorney uh, yes. and others refer uh, yes. to these as the voter fraud cases. Uh, we, we decided that they were voter persecution cases. Sanders' clients were voting rights activists. Albert Turner, who had marched with John Lewis in Selma. This is Bloody Sunday. Albert can see that Sim right there. And his wife, Evelyn. They had been helping black residents fill out their ballots and mailing them. Okay. Hank Sanders. He held the bag. You see how this works? Oh, man. All the shenanigans. Stacy <laughs> is so screwed, man. Oh, man. Stacy, duck and cover. <laughs> Hank Sanders was left holding the bag. Jeff Sessions came after him uh, for vi- filling out uh, absentee ballots. Uh, I think believes it, it was in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. And he caught a case. Just trying to do some good trouble with uh, <laughs> <laughs> with his buddy down there in uh, Selma, but wow, yeah, he, yeah, he, um, he caught a case, and let's just find out what happened when um, he caught that uh, charge. They had been helping black residents fill out their ballots and mailing them. Both of us was indicted, myself and my wife, and another uh, friend, Spencer Hoke, were indicted on 29 counts of what is called vote fraud. Uh, the Turners were facing decades in prison. It was my impression that Jeff Session thought that those... Oh, I just want to hear that. He, they trailed him off. I want to hear that one bit again. Hold mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Go back. Friend Spencer Hoke were indicted on 29 counts of what is called vote fraud. Uh, the Turners were facing okay. decades in prison. It was my impression that Jeff Session thought that those legal cases would stop black folks from not only using absentee vote, but it would stop black folks from uh, voting in the numbers that black people were voting. At every chance he got, he was talking about voter fraud, voter fraud. Sessions denied that the case was racially motivated and insisted what the Turners did was illegal. In the end, the jury found nothing they did had broken the law. But the idea that absentee ballots were susceptible to widespread fraud would live on. Wow, this is a part of the story I never knew about. That's very interesting. Yeah, and it, and, and you can see Frontline was rolling it out to to chum the water. Yeah, and of <laughs> course, why. and of course, absentee ballots is nothing compared to the mail-in ballots that were the way it was done this election. I mean, it's two completely different things. Correct, because I believe the difference is absentee ballots have to be are, are solicited, where you, you have to request mail-in ballots are, are yeah, yeah, you yes. have to request and you have to give a reason. Okay, so not, that's, not, that's that, not that your reason is denied necessarily, but you have to give a reason, and that's evaluated. And you know, the astronauts they can vote. They, in fact, the astronauts do vote, and they put on their absentee ballot request. I'm in space, bitches, <laughs> 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 and they get to vote. 
But anytime you got Jeff Sessions involved, oh yeah, that that was that was the bell for me. Sessions, yeah. Come on, um. So just to look into Hank uh, or Henry Sanders' uh, background, after law school, Sanders won a Ford Foundation fellowship. Okay, and they sent him to Africa for a year. <laughs> Go back home, son. Don't we see these trends? Where these people get these foundation and then they get sent to Africa. It's called the guy. It's, I forgot it. I for, it's called quid pro quo is what it's called. No, but the, you you were saying about the stronghold of uh, intelligence agencies in Africa and those kind of things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, we saw that with the guy. Um, uh, it slips my memory now. It was the guy that that uh, came back that was following King around the photographer. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Graduate from college, and I hate hate his name slips my mind, but yeah. uh, it was off the cuff, but went to Africa, got a, got a college educated, went to Africa. What, I'm not saying anything, I'm just, for a foundation, that's a, that's a red flag, and getting shipped off to Africa for a year for some kind of training. I'm just going, I'm <laughs> yes. just going to leave it there. <laughs> yes, that's exactly, training, you nailed it on the head. All right, so... Hank is Hank ended up becoming a politician uh, after years of uh, doing this kind of political work, and he has a robocall. Would you be interested in hearing his ch- problematic robocall? I, I would certainly love to hear that. Come on in, Hank. Going back to the cotton fields, That's the Republicans right. are going to take you back to the cotton field, and you could probably couldn't hear it at the end, but it's paid for the new South. Yes. So this new South, I keep seeing it pop up. Uh, new South, new South. So we have to keep an eye on that one. I uh, just I don't have anything concrete on it yet, but I ran into it several times doing this investigation. New South so, is a slogan in the history of the American South or the American Civil War. Interesting. Right. Okay. Keep our eye on it. Got it. So, just an example, if this thing goes sour in Atlanta, we've seen something like this before play out in Atlanta, Georgia, and Atlanta specifically. And that was the Atlanta school system scandal. Worst school cheating scandal in this country. One of the nation's biggest school systems caught up in it. And it's not the middle school students who are being blamed. Instead, they're teachers and school leaders. ABC Steve Osinsami on the case tonight. At this Georgia courthouse, you'd think they were indicting mobsters with charges like racketeering and theft. But the accused thugs now fighting serious jail time are 35 Atlanta teachers, principals, and test coordinators. The whole purpose behind this is to vindicate the little children who got 
jipped out of an education. The indictments are the latest page from a now three-year-long investigation that has shaken the faith of parents with school children here. At one point, nearly 200 teachers from 44 schools were accused of changing student answers to improve scores on federally required standardized tests. Frustrated and disappointed. If a jury finds them guilty, they should go to prison. The educator in the most trouble is former school's chief Beverly Hall, a national superintendent of the year who faces up to 45 years in prison. She's accused of giving bonuses to teachers who inflated test scores and firing teachers who didn't. She says she's innocent. Well, what we're saying is, is that without her, this conspiracy could not have taken place. Former Atlanta school teacher Sydney Fells told us she was under so much pressure to cheat, she quit first. We were told that we needed to get these scores by any means necessary. I'd forgotten all about this. When was this? <laughs> this was like six years ago, maybe? Is that yeah, right? mid, mid to early 2000s. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were left holding the bag. Most, if not all, the teachers were black, mostly female. And they got screwed. Oh, my goodness. 45 years for the thugs. You heard what they said? The thugs. <laughs> oh, man. ABC News. This is ABC News. And do you remember uh, Aunt Becky? What she got <laughs> for for the mission scandal? Uh, What, uh, like two months? 60 days? Peanuts. If that, yeah. If it, now, this is the clear. This is what I'm talking about when we say systemic racism. 45 years for changing some test scores and these people use their power and influence and they only get months and then it's oh yeah you can come show up when you want to some of them were like yeah you can come if you want to kind of yeah. thing or your husband can serve for you if you know we'll let him go do your time for you it was some so let's let's take bets how long how, how many years do you think stacy abrams will get <laughs> election fraud <laughs> yeah. and somebody's gonna roll and yeah. i'm gonna just say this atlanta people don't get mad at me atlanta is known for the scam they're known for the flim flam the finesse as they call it so so this thing there's no telling who could flip to say i did this i was told to do that to save their own hearts it's too it's too many Loose ends hanging out. I'm not gonna say. I'm not saying what's gonna happen, but just looking at historical data, how when it's uh, conspiracies that go on, like the school rig- rigging of school testing, you saw how the hammer came down swift. You saw who was left holding the bag, and you saw how everybody turned their back on him. It's like he's thugs. <laughs> this, thugs. I f- I find this uh, this analysis of this show spectacular. That. I had not considered that this would take place, and I think you may be right. And no matter the outcome, I think you're right. I think Stacey Abrams has a target on her head now. But wait, there's more. Oh, no. Texas woman. A woman in Texas was sentenced to return to prison today because she voted in the 2016 election. As Omar Villafranca reports, the woman used her real name and identification, but her criminal past made voting a crime. 
And she said, um, you put your hands behind your back, you have a warrant for your arrest. Crystal Mason still remembers the day she was arrested for voting in the last presidential election. My mom kept nagging, go vote, go vote, go vote, go vote. And I was just like, okay, I did what she said. I went to go vote. The 43-year-old was on supervised release for tax fraud when she cast her ballot. In Texas, that's against the law. Do you feel that since you served your time and you were out of prison that you should be able to go and cast a ballot? We should. We pay taxes. And and that's what I believed. If I had a doubt in any way, I wouldn't have did it. Here, felons can't vote until they have completed their full sentence. Now, Mason faces five years in state prison for voter fraud and today was given 10 months in federal prison for violating the terms of her supervised release. Are you mentally ready for that? Not at all. I'm not ready. Nationwide, an estimated 6.1 million felons are restricted from voting. Nearly half a million of them are in Texas. In 13 states, felons lose the right to vote indefinitely. Hmm. So, yes. this lady went, did what her mama told her to do and go mm-hmm. vote. Just like Chance the Rapper told you, vote like your mama. I'll tell you to vote. <laughs> uh, and call the case. Five years on top of the 10 months that she had to serve. And she was out. <laughs> but her sentence hadn't been finished yet. She goes to vote, which I'm, I'm going to take oh, a sidebar here. Yeah. I am a firm believer that once your sentence is done, all your rights should be given back to you that day. Yeah. Unless yeah, no. there's evidence that one of those rights may be a harm to the public, say if you were a violent offender and to get your Second Amendment right back, then they need to prove that giving your rights back is a harm to the public. But it shouldn't be that you need to prove that you should have your rights back. They should be reinstated the very day that you paid your debt to society. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I'm in agreement with you. And I and. And uh, I think probably your record should be expunged because I know people who have gone to federal prison for white collar crime and uh, which is questionable if they're victims, but doesn't matter. Crime is a crime. Two years, it could be two months, doesn't matter. You come out, you're marked. You're never working yeah. again. You're never working again. You're, you might as well just pack it in. It's horrible. So, so I wanted to show this case, these two these two cases, the Atlanta school case, and then this woman in Texas that voted. I don't think she had any um, uh, ill will or was doing it out of any act of, um, you know, criminal act. She was just going to exercise her right to vote as she should be allowed to be, uh, uh, do so. Right. But five years. Bam. Just yeah, like that, that. That's crazy. That's just nuts. But, so what I'm pointing out here, if they put that kind of pressure on anybody that has the kind of information <laughs> that could be flipped. Watch out. That's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. The, the, they, they will hurt you. They will do it. Yeah. So. This is where we. But wait, there's more. No, <laughs> no, wait, no, more. no. So one of my favorite people, Miss Cynthia McKinney. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I got some information for her. And she, well. I'll just let you let her give her take on the 2020 U.S. election. Do we need to talk about who she is first? We can do that afterwards. Oh, sure, sure. We can. Um, well, I'll tell you how I how I know about. Please, uh, Mc- yeah, please. Uh, now she 
was a politician. Uh, she was a member of the House of Representatives. She's from Georgia. And when I first kind of started learning about stuff in general, uh, looking deeper, the internet had really helped a lot with that. So 2000, well, it was much, much earlier than that. But she was kind of a sweetheart of the 9-11 truther movement for a while. And she got, and she got her ass shut down like hardcore. And she really, mm-hmm. she disappeared from the scene almost overnight. But she got the council cannon. <laughs> can we get, can, yes. can we get a council cannon, please? This is a post, uh, a post cancel cannon for uh, Cynthia McKinney. <laughs> so, so Just like that, where did she show up? Where did she show up to, to talk about the 2020 election? What, what news on outlet? some fringe, on ah, some fringe, yes, I was going to say YouTube channel that I follow would have to be because she was threatened, uh, yeah. man. She, I think she had to stop doing this for her life. I want to show, I want to juxtapose two people. One Miss Cynthia McKinney with one Miss Maxine Waters. <laughs> They they both came in talking hot stuff. Maxine Water was talking about the the intelligence agencies that supported the drug trade in California. And around the same time, you had Cynthia McKinney talking about DynCor and all the stuff that they were doing and the children and this and that. Fast forward, one lady is damn near like a power royalty in the democratic royalty right right. and then the other one is uh been outcast pauperized (laughs) cast out to the fringes of youtube what's your take on where we are in relation to who won and what's going to happen in the next few weeks well it is really difficult for me to watch this for me and my mom in in fact to watch this as it unfolds because this is really a deja vu for me. Georgia was the very first state in the country to deploy electronic voting machines. Mm -hmm. And at the time the decision was being made, computer software and hardware experts uh, were ringing my phone telling me, Cynthia, we've got a problem. And so I became involved in the issue of electronic voting machines, the software, the hardware, the choice of manufacturer and company that tabulates the votes, all of that, I was involved in it at the very beginning. Let me just point out that you were a six-term congresswoman and it took them seven terms in electronic voting machines to finally cheat you out of office. Well, yes, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> yeah, and it's coming back to me now. <laughs> this was the uh, the Diebold or Diebold machines. Uh-huh. And which I think actually became Dominion slash Smartmatic or they bought them up or something. Um, and there was a relationship with Romney's, uh, Bain Capital. And, this, and, and if you brought that up, same as today, They'd be like, yeah, you conspiracy theorist, uh, tinfoil hat wearing. And that's how she got branded. Yeah, but six-time uh, winner of her district. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the electronic voting machines come in, and she's out of there. It doesn't work like that in, in, in district politics. It's Once you have the strange. people's hearts. Yes. 
unless you just do something like get caught with, you know, uh, well, in it's, a it's hotel a, it's room a, it's Max, on the floor. Yeah, it's yeah. the reason why Maxine Waters is gets reelected, why Nancy Pelosi gets reelected, Chuck Schumer, and honestly, Lindsey Graham. I mean, these people just keep getting elected over and over and over again if it's done fairly. So let's let Cynthia continue on how she was uh, scammed. And so what I'd like to do today is um, Memorial Day. And so we are also stopping to recognize the valiant service of our veterans. But let me also, we have veterans of very many different types of wars. And there's one veteran of the electronic voting machine war whose name I want to invoke at the moment and whose memory I would like to recall. His name is Ethan Gibbs. He was an accountant. And I'm using the past tense and it's very, it's still very difficult for me. But uh, Ethan Gibbs as an accountant who also just happened to be a black man, but more important than any of that, He was a patriot and he loved this country. So when the decision was made after the fiasco of 2000 in Florida, the decision was made to utilize these electronic voting machines. And Ethan Gibbs, being an accountant, decided that he was going to perfect this type of this new type of machine for the administration of our voting system in the United States. He came up with redundancy, reliability, um, accountability, privacy as well, because people have the right to cast their votes in private. And his machine was, began to win accolades across the country. Ah, this is a story I know nothing about. You are blowing, blow, blowing my mind right now. Okay. So th- this is where the extra time pays off. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> just, let, just to let the producers know. I know you're calling like, hey, what's the product? Producers, <laughs> calm down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm teasing Drop you. that product. I'm, yes, exactly. Right. I'm t- this is the extra time allow me to unearth uncounted the tragic story of Ethan Gibbs documentary. There was an African-American man who was an accountant who had come to me and asked for the opportunity to place a bid to provide Georgia with this electronic voting machines. His name was Ethan Gibbs. Ethan was horrified about the 2000 elections. Not necessarily whether the Democrats or Republicans won, but the fact is that millions of people's vote didn't count. In the 2000 election, there were 180,000 uncounted votes in Florida. There were over 80,000 uncounted votes in the state of Georgia. In Cook County, there were 62,000 uncounted votes. There's the real problem. He had a very simple concept. 
that you should be able to verify your vote just like you can verify your money in a bank and the money you get out of an ATM machine. The machine prints out a paper ballot that shows who you voted for. Once you verify that the ballot accurately recorded who you voted for, you drop it into a ballot box. The machine still counts the votes on election night, but if there's a challenge by one of the candidates, it's the paper ballot that gets counted. There are a lot of folks who sold us machinery in the past who want to sell us machinery in the future that do not live up to the Ethan Gibbs standard. Machines that don't live up to the Democratic standard. And we shouldn't accept second best. There can never be any uncounted votes where the voter does not have an opportunity to verify that their votes have been received, recorded, and counted. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a, an overarching problem with the computer age, the cell phone age, the belief that everything just kind of is out there and we can always retrieve it. And I was quite surprised myself when we voted this year that mm-hmm. I, uh, the machine I used, which was uh, now they've rejected the Dominion systems in Texas, but the machine I received spit out a paper ballot and I verified it was my choices then you go over to another machine, and th- I was a little surprised by this. It took my my ballot, it sucked it in, and it was here's a sticker, Mister Curry. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and it looked like the paper ballots. You know, the machine that 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 does the optical scanning. No, no reason to doubt that. It, it, it's it's sitting on top of what looks like a big trash can, which is exactly where that paper goes. You don't get a receipt. Count and destroy. Yeah, you don't. You, yes, you don't get a receipt. And from what I understand, a lot of the actual images taken by these machines weren't even set to uh, retain those records either. And, and here's the icing on the cake: Diebold at the time was making ATM machines. They give you receipts. <laughs> they give you receipts. Yeah. Well, the, the, those things were, and I, it probably was. I mean, it's a long time ago, but I was doing, you know, these types of shows. And I I think that uh, that, that came up in the conversation. There was a lot about it, but it was, you know, of course, you know, shut up. What do you know? Yeah. So, Ethan, he wanted to do the right thing. What happened to Ethan? But it didn't just turn out well for him. Play the next clip. But he, he was, now his company wasn't chosen because the lobbyists were able to select the company based on friendships, who got hired, and that sort of thing. So let's cut to the chase. They selected the company that would allow them to rig the election. That's exactly what happened. That's right. Thank you so much. And so um, Diebold ended up being the company selected to administer the elections in the state of Georgia. Now, this was rife with problems from the very beginning. And in the end, I, my petard ended up being hoisted on the electronic voting machines. So I lost my congressional career based on the male performance of the Diebold electronic voting machines. Now, what which, were some which of the had no paper backups, right? No paper backups, and in, in, in addition to that, we experienced a phenomenon that we just could not understand. That was we had vote flipping. So the 
constituent mm. would go into the voting booth, select the candidate of their choice, and then the machine would flip away from that candidate. And the voter would not even know it if they weren't paying attention. They would leave the precinct having not voted for the candidate of their choice. Uh, I know you asked a question and it's going to be answered a little late. I thought we'd answer that clip, but what have we been hearing about in the news lately? Exactly this. This is the Sidney Powell uh, story that uh, votes have been flipped. Ground Zero, Georgia. (laughs) Ground Zero, Georgia. Here you have Cynthia McKinney, which if somehow, some way, her story can be told and documented in some kind of quality. Mm. Uh, these these are fine, but I mean, they're uh, Zoom calls and that kind of thing. This lady's story needs to be told. <sighs> these are the, these, you would say heroes or talk about black history or these are the people that we need to be celebrating. And she, and she, she has been or certainly was very celebrated at the time. Yeah. Uh, for her and for her heroism and i would have to go back and look at the research I've, i did on her and the clips um i think a lot of it surrounded uh as i said 9-11 but there were other things that she also uh was looking into i just remember she got threatened marginalized and told to shut up and go away and she kind of did well well she she's still around she's yes, still talking yes, but nobody yes. won't put a microphone in her face you know to get her story out there and she she was ran out of office. Yeah. If you take by her accounts, she was ran out by crooked machines. This is what she's saying, and she's she was she was a Democrat. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to play the party lines, she should be heard as everybody should be heard. Now you had a question, and I I uh, inerrantly uh, promised you an answer to it, but I think this next clip should answer your question. say you're an investigative reporter why don't you report and i say well you know why, why is he bugging me you know i mean what's you know i don't see any story here he said you know think about this Bebolt is an atm machine maker every single one of their atm machines gives you a receipt and has an audit trail and he told me i'm coming to this as an accountant and an auditor right is why would you make a machine that doesn't provide a paper trail and can't be audited. <laughs> and left it at that, and I said, that's a good question. <laughs> and I began to trace the history, and then I wrote an article uh, right after that, which is a cover story in the free press. And then uh, Harvey Wasserman and I wrote a follow-up article for motherjones.com. The great tragedy was one week after the Free Press article occurred and the Mother Jones article occurred, about one week, Ethan Gibbs died in a tragic accident where his car veered in front of a truck. Oh, my goodness. One week. Yeah. This is like the uh, reporter Michael Hastings, who who had a huge story. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, crashed his car into a tree at 80 miles an hour in Los Angeles. Yeah. And these crazy things happen. And like like I said, anything Gibbs story needs to be told. 
here is a black and pips man that show his wanted to be a patriot want to bring the truth to the light want to provide people with their voice can be heard proof that your voice is being heard now i'll say this why is it that home depot has a better record keeping system than our election system (laughs) when i go to home depot it says do you want a paper receipt and do you want that email to you as well why don't our voting machines have that because it's she's you're only supposed to have the idea that you're voting hello and by the way no, since, this, since we're doing this yeah. i'll just say uh-huh. and this was back in the the d-bold die-bold days when uh it was 2012 romney i, I remember distinctly i remember seeing romney ahead early on and then all of a sudden it flipped and there was this huge surge for obama and I remember, and we talked about it on No Agenda. I said that, that come on, man, that was weird. And it was, it was very similar to what we saw in, in hindsight. Differences, but that, that like, what? Hold on a second. Everything was, hey, how did that just happen? Where did all this come from? It, you'd expect something to be kind of on a, a steady scale, as we've seen in in elections past. But that I, one, I was and there. This one changed. <laughs> I was there watching it. I, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. These numbers are funny. And the count goes on. What the hell are y'all counting? Not seriously. People need it. What what is being counted right now? What took what used to be done in one night, days and days and days to do? It's it's, it's a running joke in my house right now. Like yeah, still counting. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's, who knows? Who knows? <clears throat> and so, um. We have this final clip from Miss Cynthia McKinney, and it pretty much wraps up a notion that we've always talked about on this show. In our time together in the RV with our staffer going across the country, you turned to me one day and you said, Robert, all the bad things that are happening to white people today happen to black people first. That's one of the coolest things you ever said to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yes. Hello. Captain Obvious, we've known about this. It's not cool, is it? <laughs> I mean, like, I understand what he's saying, but like, that's one of the coolest things. And now we have the ISO. Uh, just so <laughs> I don't have to redundantly say it, uh, all, we have him saying it now. All the bad things that are happening to white people today happen to black people first. Yeah. And there you have it. So, it hap- so your point being, and well taken, happened to Cynthia McKinnon. McKinney happened to... Now, mm-hmm. by the way... Yes. Uh, Hank Johnson was... No, I, I thought he followed her, succeeded her. No, I guess not. That's, that's so rotten, man. What is the hell is going on <laughs> in Georgia? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. District politics don't work that way. No. Maybe statewide, if you're talking about Senate, those kind of things, but these districts, whoever they put up wins, pretty much. I mean, because they're... they're for lack of a better word, they're gerrymandered or designed to work that way. Sure. You have pocket strongholds, of course, because of the socioeconomic uh, making what makes up that uh, that district. So, for her to get ran out of office, and it doesn't make any sense. Six years that's mean your people love you, and she was fighting for the average man. So, what, I just what, find that what was the what was the grander strategy of that particular election? So, to get her out is one thing. 
Uh, right. Who came in and, and but I mean, what was the overall strategy, do you think, just because she was a pain in the ass and a problem because she had questions? Yeah, we can get rid. We can get rid of politics. Now, fast forward. <laughs> now we can get rid of politicians that are headaches. We yeah. can flip these machines on and flip votes. They don't have any receipts. And anybody that makes any noise, they get silenced one way or the other. So she was beaten by uh, Denise Majette. Mm-hmm. And just reading from Wikipedia, it's just interesting. Uh, she defeated 10-year incumbent Cynthia McKinney in the Democratic primary. Majette, who had never run in a partisan contest before, defeated McKinney by a 58-42 to 42 margin. Come on. And, uh, Come on, and, man. And, and, and right there it says McKinney had attracted controversy due to her comments after the September 11th, 2001 terrorist attacks. The primary mm-hmm. was also influenced, and this is Wikipedia, influenced by crossover Republicans, i.e. Republicans who used their ability to vote in a Democratic caucus in Georgia. Oh, really? So, so the, she was a troublemaker for 9-11. Yeah, it seems like that's why she had to go. And the other thing she was saying about some of these groups and what they were doing on, on foreign soil and oh yeah, she oh yeah, she had a in. lot yeah. of issues about the FBI, the CIA, etc. Oh yeah, big time, big time. She she was wow. a voice. She is a voice of truth, and I think she needs not to be marginalized. And it kind of pisses me off. I've always followed her. Followed her on Twitter. Ever since, you know, keeping up with her. Well, I'm going to see if we can find uh, her. She would, she would be great to talk to about in uh, talk to in uh, certainly as it relates to what's going on, at least the claims of what happened this year. Let's, let's see if we can find her. I'm yeah. sure she's findable, but I I thought she stopped kind of doing interviews. She didn't do too much. No, anymore. She, she, she's out she's there. Active. Huh? Okay, she's good. active, especially in this climate. And I, one more thing, and then we could put the cherry on top because <laughs> this, this is really going to get you. Oh, boy. She's one the one that laid out the idea of the divide in the deep state. Uh, I can't find this video anymore, but I've seen it, and I'll just give you what I took away from it, that there's a divide in the deep state, and it's called like the piggies against the deep state. And the piggies are basically the wasp, the killer wasp, let me get that more specifically, mm-hmm. that don't subscribe to... Uh, global government they're more nationalist right and that's what makes up the military uh backing that you see with trump now and that's her explanation and i found it to be wonderful and i wish i wasn't doing this at the time or i would have snagged it um but i need to find that clip because her breakdown was like wow like eye-opening she's like no it's, it's a divide in the deep state right now so she's around she's dropping um dropping a lot of good bombs. information <laughs> yeah all over the place and I think she's more than credible. Not just credible. I think she's more than credible. All right, producers, but, producers of the Mo Fact Show, go get me, get me, Cynthia McKinney, please. We need to talk she, to her. Where her story could be documented and she could sound, shine more light on Ethan Gears, who I think is a true American hero. Um, with all that said, I have this great clip from Chuck Schumer. <laughs> go ahead and hit it. Now we take Georgia, and then we change the world. Oh, yeah. Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. I know. I saw this. I love that. I love he put on his mask and did it again for the press who were asking him to say it, and he changed it. 
what what did he change it to, Adam? We take the world, and then he then he changes to we change America. <laughs> now we know what's going on. We know what's happening over there. He said, first we take Georgia, then we change the world. He sounds like a daggone Confederate uh, <laughs> Confederate general. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> yeah, he had to change that real quick. He realized his mistake. I don't think anyone really caught that that way. Actually, I did. Yeah, but but you know, it's typical M five M. The news. They're like, oh, oh, that was a bad take. Let's pick it up from the second good take. Okay, clip it there. And they just negate uh-huh. that whole part. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First we take Georgia, then we take the world. So <laughs> this is interesting, Mo. You've done a couple things. First, you blow my mind. <laughs> Cynthia McKinney did never expected her to come up in this context on this show. And I, and I honestly hadn't thought about her in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to peg, to so... Uh, obviously, this beautiful in con- in in the context of what's being discussed now, with uh, mm-hmm. how this may, how, if this was a rigged election, how it may have happened. You don't have to convince me that we're doing it in a, in a dumb manner. Uh, I like the stick your finger in the ink pot personally, um, but also Stacey Abrams holding the bag and Georgia being the battleground. That and with Chuck Schumer confirming it. Outstanding work, young man. Outstanding work. Perfect. I, I appreciate it, Adam. It's um, very good. I like this a lot. Oh, my goodness. I, I'm going to be awake for, for days now trying to figure this one out. <laughs> Georgia, everybody. Eyes on Georgia. Eyes on Georgia. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. Mo, thank you so much for another fun-filled Saturday. I can't wait to do it again with you. Same to you, Adam. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hoover and by my suitcase Trying to find a warm place To spend the night Heavy rain falling Seems I hear your voice calling It's all right Georgia A rainy night in Georgia It seems like it's raining all over the world I feel like it's raining all over the world Neon signs are flashing Taxi cabs and buses passing through the night A distant morning of a train Seems to play a sad refrain to the night A rainy night in Georgia Lord, I believe it's raining all over the world I feel like it's raining all over the world How many times I wondered It still comes out the same 
Just got to play the game 